When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about God of War Ragnarok inching closer to being a reality. So, we'll hear about it at Summer Game Fest. What Sony's next 12 months look like, and who'd we cast in the Horizon and God of War TV shows. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's Blessing. That's Janet. I'm Greg, and you can get this show on Patreon.com slash KindaFunnyGames. There you can watch us record it live, get it ad-free, and get the weekly post-show. If you have no bucks to toss our way, support us on the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, Rocket League, and more with the creator code KindaFunny. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and without the post-show on YouTube.com slash KindaFunnyGames, RoosterTeeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Anonymous, Fargo Brady, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, James Hastings, Casey Andrew. <gasps> Today we're brought to you by MeUndies, Chime, and Credit Karma. But first, let's start with a PSN message from you guys. Now, of course, we ask this every week. You guys write in with a whole bunch of stuff. We thank you. We love you. We can't appreciate you much. Before we get to my dog, Nick, 96 question. Blessing, what has been happening in your life? Because me and Janet are sitting here with Barrett. We're ready to do the show. We're having a great conversation, right, Janet? Yep. Lovely As necklace. Always. I didn't call that out yet, by the way. Lovely necklace. Oh, thanks. I like this one. It's great necklace. And we're, we're hanging out. No, you don't talk yet. All right. We're hanging out, having a great time. And then you slack, hey, I'm going to be late. It's like, no big deal. We t- we're totally, you know, I'll just read, I'll give you dramatic reading. All right. 1251. I'm running slightly late. I should be there by one. I respond, okay, no problem. Then 1259, eight minutes later, just a few more minutes. Sorry. And then Barrett, can you bring do you have the tech, you bring up a photo here of what looks to be a big gulp slushy orange spilled on your leg, your car seat, in between your car seat and the center console and onto the center console. It's a big and clump. then in your passenger side, a bunch of tide pots, which we'll get yeah. to. We'll get to unpacking this entire fucking thing in a second. Too, but so. first we need to know what the fuck just happened to you. For the record, the tide is always there. The tide I just I just keep in my passenger seat. Right. Why? Uh, so I don't forget it when I'm going out to do laundry. You don't have any, yeah, don't have any unit. I relate. It's like yeah, yeah. I don't have any in unit washing dryer, so I have to go out and I have to do my laundry. And with that, which I feel like, like someone why might would I ever bring my tide pods. upstairs? Yeah, but it's visible. You should probably hide that a little bit more. Yeah, well, yeah, I want to put it in my the trunk. trunk. Blessing, put it in the trunk. Do, do I want to like drive to the laundromat and then walk to the back, open up my trunk, to bust out some Tide? Here's the thing. I'm with I'm not giving people right rides now. all the time. Exactly. It's pandemic still. We're not in the office yet. Who's in his car? <laughs> There's the big golf. There's the big golf. <laughs> One third gone already. Still drinking it. Anyways, oh, man, who's, who's, who's he giving a lift to and he's worried about all this time? Bring me back to what happened here. So you ran to 7-Eleven to get so, an orange slushie? 
So leading up to the show, right? Like I messaged you guys at twelve fifty because we usually for PS Love You we want to join the call, the Discord call at twelve fifty, uh, because we try to go live on Patreon right at one o'clock, uh, and that's the thing we've been recently doing, especially with this new iteration of PS Love You. And so uh, before the show, leading in, I found that I was doing a bad a bad job of time management where I knew I needed to eat before the show because if I didn't eat, then I would have the the shakes, right? Those shakes when you're sure, when you're hungry, right? Shakes. I didn't want that halfway through PS Love You. So I was like, okay, cool. I need to time it so that I can go to McDonald's and I can get a quick McDouble or something to put in my put in my stomach <laughs> so I can be ready for the show. And so that was the plan. I got to about 12.40 before I was like, fuck, I really need to go. And I was doing random shit. I was doing my hair. I was like um, watching YouTube videos. I was watching a good uh, interview of a rapper named Isaiah Rashad. It was very good. Um, I was doing all that, and by 12.40, I was like, fuck, I need to go. I need to run. I need to get this McDonald's. So I get in my car. I drive to McDonald's. McDonald's for me is right, right down the street. And so I get there, and the drive through line is insane. And I was like, damn, okay, I'm not going to have time to get McDonald's. What, where can I go real quick that can get me, get me food in my hand right now? And the answer was 7-Eleven. And I was sure. like, fuck, yeah, sure. let's go to 7-Eleven. Let's do it. I walk into 7-Eleven, and when you're in 7-Eleven, I feel like there's a, there's a vibe. There's an there's an immediate immediate vibe where it's like I can't I can't just come here and get the pizza. You, I can't you just don't come yeah. to Seven Eleven in beeline to what you want. Exactly. You yeah. gotta meander. You gotta walk. You, you gotta, gotta take like, it look all around way. for a second. So I no. did like a quick. You, you get your <laughs> shit taken care of in Seven. You go up there. You shamelessly be like, I want two slices of this weird pizza that is like actually, weird, so, but not terrible, but still weird. And it was. Then, it, I will say it was weird because I did stuff that pizza down, and oh yeah. I was planning on getting one slice. Ended up getting three slices. Oh yeah, Blessing, <laughs> because it was blessing. a three for three. I used to live like around the corner uh, from a Seven Eleven, making minimum wage, working twenty hours uh, a week. Like that was my life fuel for a couple of years. Was that Seven Eleven pizza? And it's fucking weird. But you go oh, there, yeah. you proudly ask for it with the uh, taquitos. Taquitos, you gotta get the taquitos. I, I almost yeah. got the taquitos. The, I, the was like, with, I, like, the, I was like, I was like, fuck the, the pepper jack cheese, <sighs> chef's kiss. And you get the fuck out of there. You get the fuck Jana, out where, of there. Uh, you need to come in here. Where are you with the 7-Eleven? Are you a meander? Or are you going to get exactly what you want to get out? I probably would meander a bit because I almost never go. Um, exactly. I cannot tell you the last time I've been to a 7-Eleven. Um, I think, too, remember when they hit the 7-Eleven was a quickie mart for a hot second? They had that promotional. That was sure. very cool. Mm. Um, and, you know, the free Slurpee or Slushy or whatever the fuck day, like, oh, on 7-Eleven, of course. Like, that thing's so small that there's not really a point. But I do have a lot of love for the Big Gulp, um, okay. which last yeah, time do. I got the Big Gulp, I got it with the Sprite. Like, I remember it, vivid memory, core memory. I went to a concert, and then afterwards, we went to 7-Eleven, and we all got Big Gulps, and I got the Sprite Big Gulp. Uh, I also, too, feel like, well, this is kind of a gross story, but, like, we once went, we used to go to Lala a lot, like Lollapalooza. And so sure. we'd have, like, 7-Eleven and stuff. And I remember um, on the way home from one of them, and none of us, like, drank during Lollapalooza. You know, I was in high school at the time, and my family just wasn't into, like, drinking like that. Also, it's so hot. Like, it's kind of, I mean, people do drink, but it's a lot. You're, like, sweating. It's, like, uh, it's kind of intense. But right. on the train ride home, um, my brother's girlfriend at the time, uh, now fiance, like, got, wasn't feeling well. So she did have to, like, use the Big Gulp cup to, you know, like, oh, you. not ruin the train cart and stuff. So, yeah, the Big Gulp comes through a lot, but it will, it, it, it gives, and but it also takes, which today it, was, it took. That's where my story takes a turn, where I did the meander thing, right? And it's 7-Eleven. At, at this point, it is 12.46, to where I'm like, I have four minutes to get what I've decided will be a slice of pizza mm -hmm. and then get home and eat this pizza and sit down. And in my head, doing the head math, I was like, I'll get there by 12.52. That'll be acceptable. And so I do the quick lap because it's 7-Eleven. It's, it's not Walmart, right? It takes 
20 seconds to do the quick lap around 7-Eleven. And I feast my eyes on the, the Slurpee machine. And the Slurpee machine has updated its options since I was last there. Wow. They had added a mango lam- no, lemonade. And at that moment, I knew that there was no way I was leaving at 7-Eleven without getting a, a mango lemonade. Sure. And so that's what I did, right? I, I, I went to the front of the line. Or I, did, I went to the line, right, for the register. Uh, was <laughs> you just jumped pizza. the line. You're like, I'm sorry. I have a PlayStation podcast to record. Like, I need to go. Oh, no, my there God. Was... Is that blessing out of Yo-Yo Jr.? <laughs> right. Was 30 there. for 30? There was one guy ahead of me in line. And when I tell you that, this man took the longest I've ever seen somebody take at a 7-Eleven. They're ordering their, their taquitos, right? They're getting some hot dogs, and they're just taking their time. And it was at that moment where I texted you guys. I think it was 1250 where I was like, guys, I'm going to be late for the podcast because I, I was in line for four minutes behind this one person. Eventually, they finished, and that's when I, I asked for the pizza. She told me it was a three for three. I can get three slices. I did that, and then I asked for a Slurpee cup, to which she says, no, you can just go back and get the Slurpee cup. And I was like, you guys didn't do this before. Before, I had to ask for the Slurpee cup, and then you'd give it to COVID. me. And COVID. then I do my, oh, is that a COVID thing? Is that why? I think so, yeah. That no, makes what? sense. Okay. No, what? When was the last time you had to ask for the Slurpee Cup? The entire time I've been in San Francisco. I mean, like ever COVID. since I started going to the 7-Eleven, and that was after COVID. Huh. So I think, I think they put the cups behind the thing so people aren't like coughing or licking them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that and that now makes sense because I've only cops. gone to this. I've only gone to the Seven Eleven during the the COVID era, and so that actually lines up. And so she's like, "No, get the cup. I'll scan it real quick, and then you can get your slurpee." So I, was, I did that. Got in my car. I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna be late, but I'm not gonna be that late. You know, it's still gonna be gonna be good." If and I can time you out real quick, I really do appreciate that. There's someone telling a, their friends the story why they're late, and they're like, "This guy in front of me got up." He wanted a pizza. Then he, they were going to do three slices. Then he wanted a Slurpee, but he didn't even have the Slurpee. I had to wait while he went and got the cup. He comes back. Now, hey, the, the guy behind me got their order done when I was also, going in to grab the cup. Real well, quick. A quick question. At this point, did it cross your mind that maybe it would have been faster just to stay at the McDonald's? I, I was thinking about that. Yeah, I was like, also, fuck, if I stayed in that a- drive-thru, it would have taken me eh, It would have taken a comparable amount do, of time. Do you it was have a the long app, McDonald's app? No, I don't. They asked me oh, that. You, you, you need to get the app. You need. You're fucking up real bad not getting yeah. the app. Yeah. Promise yeah. you. I bet my whole life that you will be like this app. Even is even at the amazing. drive-through because I'm only yes. ever at the drive-through. Yes. Well, yes. you skip you the drive-through. Order. Yeah, you just pull off in a little yeah. slot. You you can. Well, you can do a bunch of things. Like now, it just sounds like an ad, but like it's not an ad though. I don't know. I'm sure uh, it could uh, be uh, if they uh, wanted if they wanted to like email somebody. Um, right. Um, but yeah, the app's amazing because not only is a bunch of stuff really cheap and you get points really easily you can punch in the order you do have to be like on the premises to like say when you say i'm here they like make sure you're here with your like location but you can go through the drive-through still and just tell them like your number and they already are processing your order and you just pick it up or you could go to like the little like you know park and wait and they bring it out to you or you could go in you have like a bunch of options so it's like mm. that's the way to go and then also like you know especially living in a major city you'll probably get like you know the fucking giants win something you get a free fry or some shit like i'm getting mm-hmm. free shit all the time like oh the dodgers won six nuggets it's it's like 10 cents now i'm like great awesome i care so, about sports now it's me- like a must if you go more than once a year you need to have the app okay i've you sold me i'm gonna get the app because they ask yeah. me that every single time and i'm like no i told you you know my voice you know my vo- my voice, Stuart. Like we know <laughs> we listen to the podcast. You know I don't have the the, the app. Stop asking me. But now I'm gonna get the app. <clears throat> It'll be a nice surprise for him. Um, but yes, at this point I'm doing the head math. I get back in my car and I'm like, cool. I'm gonna get home by twelve fifty seven. I'm gonna be late, but I'm not gonna be too late, right? It's not gonna be unacceptably late. I feel like for us twelve fifty seven, you're still starting the podcast by one oh one because Barrett's a god. And so I get in my car, drive off, and I kid you not, at the first corner I turn, this big gulp cup just fucking just goes 180. That, that's what chat was drops. saying. They're like, I bet he took a corner too fast. 
It wasn't so. even that fast though. It was. I took that corner the way I take that corner every single time. Maybe it's you're just that. Too yeah. fast. The the big goal. Maybe I do take the big goal, but this wasn't ready for that 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 quick uh, that quick turn. I want to. I, I didn't consider. About... I didn't consider the size of the big goal yeah. and how much weight would have been. It's in the name. Big, it's a big goal. Yeah, you didn't understand like what, what the momentum was going to do to the big gulp and how it's top heavy and all this stuff. I yes. want to ask really. So we've got the the splatter <laughs> well, of I do big like, gulp. I need to wonder about like what this looks like of what seems like a finger that ran through <laughs> this uh this uh dropped big gulp uh chunk right here what happened here i don't i don't know what that is i i guarantee yeah, you I, 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 I had the one little like cocktail oh i have one blessing had like the one cocktail napkin and he's like no this isn't gonna get it done so, like, this ain't cannon, gonna get the job like shit took a beat <laughs> took a beat <laughs> dragged his finger through it and just licked it <laughs> No, I didn't do that. <laughs> but that, honestly, I appreciate that you went there because I would have done that. I was too upset. If I didn't have the podcast, if I wasn't like late for PSW, I probably would have done that because I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll clean it up. Let me get a quick a quick taste, though, before I go and get that. Eat that no, top was, layer. That top layer hasn't touched the top layer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I was in frantic. Oh, wait. You know what I, I did do? So, like, when it fell, the, the obviously the top fell. And it had uh, Slurpee in there. And so I did kind of – I did scoop some back into the cup. If I'm being honest, Ooh, like some of that slurpy did, but like the the top, the top, it wasn't the dirty slurpy. It was like the top slurpy that was still good. Blessing, don't talk to me about dirty slurpy. <laughs> you I don't like dirty like slurpy? Gulp so big that you didn't need to do that. Um, I also feel like that that could have remained an inside thought, and we would have been none the wiser. I think it was, that was part of the bold, it was part it of the cleaning process. Chair. It was a bull chair. I would. Was, there's no way in hell I would fucking scoop that thing unless I was going to throw out the whole thing. I would not scoop it back in there. No, hell no. No. No, because you're going like, at least. You're gonna get seat residue. You have like booty flakes in the slurpee it, now. I didn't get. It wasn't like. I mean, there's your booty flakes because it's your car. I didn't scrape the seat. You know, it was, it, it was most of the slurpee that was already like at the top. Of Scientifically the, the top. speaking, there mm. are ass particles in that slurpee now. You know, not at all. No. <laughs> oh no, she's she's no, she's right. Yep. As long as they're mine, you know. I mean, I yeah, guess but like, I don't know. One way to look at it. Sure. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't know. In the chat on the live uh, for the Trogs, watch on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Royal Martin says, oh, this is another thing to unpack about the photo if you want to put it back up. <laughs> Our Baron. Bless was in 7-Eleven dressed like his old WWE 2K22 character. Because <laughs> <laughs> he got those red pants on from that. Uh, that's that eSport uh, league. What was team that? Liquid. That's team Liquid, funny. right? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see it. I can see it for sure. I can see it for sure. PSN message is meant to be from you. The audience is a warm up. We're warned up. We'll go right to the topic of the show. My dog Nick's 96 question can actually work when we get to the news later. So instead, we're going to go to the topic of the show. If you didn't hear, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting a Horizon show. We're getting a God of War show, and we're getting a Gran Turismo show. We go to Ryan Dinsdale at IGN who writes, three major PlayStation franchises are getting TV adaptations with Horizon going to Netflix, God of War to Amazon, and Gran Turismo to a currently unannounced platform or network. Revealed in an investor briefing on May 26th and confirmed by industry insiders, including David Gibson on Twitter, Sony president Jim Ryan revealed during a Q&A the company was expanding its entertainment adaptations even further. The long-rumored uh, God of War series and other shows will join PlayStation exclusives, including Last of Us, Uncharted, and Ghost of Tsushima in being adapted to other media. Though there's no inclination as to when these series will be released. Uh, there was also a Hollywood Reporter thing that popped in saying that uh, there's going to be 10 more PlayStation 
titles in various stages of development for film and TV. Or the, I'm sure, sorry, there are tw- 10 more on top of uh, Ghost, Last of Us, Twisted Metal, and now, of course, uh, Horizon. I want to know, of course, everyone's excitement level for, level for this. But more importantly, we need to cast these shows, ladies and gentlemen. All right? You can go to Kind of Funny Games Daily. We talk about it there. We're going to talk about it here a bit. But we need to cast God of War. We need to cast the Horizon show. But, Janet, I will start with you. Horizon over on Netflix, God of War on Amazon. Are you interested? Uh, mildly. I'm not, like, as excited just because generally adaptations, I'm a little bit more tempered when it comes to hype for those but i guess i'd have to lean on the horizon one just because i like netflix more as a platform i still have not hit up amazon's video service like i know everyone says there's some like really some fire shows on there that's what people say they're like no like it's good like trust me and i'm like okay you know it's the something what, what got? Of, of oh video. yeah flea bag i like flea bag flea bag the boys um boys yeah of course the cartoon the netflix or i'm <laughs> invincible <laughs> invincible thank you It'd be really next level if they had Netflix on there. But yeah, um, so (laughs) I guess in that regard, I'm a little bit more interested in Horizon. I also think like Horizon has a lot, not that God of War doesn't have a lot of story because obviously it's very story driven, but like I think there's a lot of angles that you can take in Horizon um, by way of like how side questy and like layered that show is in terms of the, the game is in terms of like all the different tribes and groups and like inner politics and workings and things like that. So um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think I'd at least watch them just to see, you know, what their take is on it. I think that's going to be seeing the execution is interesting to me, but I'm not exactly married to, oh, these shows are going to be fantastic. Blessing, I feel like we come around all the time, whether it be Games Daily or whether it be PS I Love You, and we say, like, okay, whatever. Like, does this do anything for you from a top level or just an announcement level? Uh, from a top level, my approach to video game adaptations and movies and TV usually is that I don't think they need to happen. Like, you know, we've had the history of video game movies being terrible, right? Video game TV being being pretty terrible for the most part. And I think in, in recent years, that stuff has gotten better and better. Um, but I've always been of the mind that if video games video games are different from like comics and books and stuff where like video games have cutscenes video games have performers mm-hmm. attached to them right like death stranding has norman reedus as an actor that's leading in that game right like how much of these games do you really need uh, retold as tv or movies for for a medium that is already so cinematic it feels a lot of the time uh not needed uh that said for the way that playstation is approaching it like i'm actually kind of looking forward to it i think it, i think what turned me was the Last of Us HBO stuff and how with updates of that and castings of that and um, how the way they're treating it seems like it's going to be authentic to uh, that game in that universe. Like that is one that I I have come around to actually being genuinely excited for. Like I can't wait for that, especially knowing that, that is HBO, right? Oh, yeah. Now Last of Us, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Last of Us, yeah. They're peppering them all around. So I, now I'm starting to mix them up. But uh, HBO, HBO Max probably right now is my favorite streaming app in terms of tv i i'm on hbo max more than i'm on than i'm on netflix at this point and you watch the staircase? Out, no i'm not i'm not seeing staircase oh, yeah, is it good staircase is still good yeah all right i'll add that i just finished those those arcs, and so i'm looking for something new to watch yeah. um but yeah like last list being in their hands is a thing that i'm looking forward to because i like a lot what hbo does with their original stuff um them go, going like the marvel games route and the way that we talk about marvel games giving spider-man to insomniac and giving Avengers to Crystal Dynamic or giving, you know, giving different properties, Guardians of the Galaxy to Idols, right? Giving different properties to different developers and publishers. Them, uh, PlayStation going at a similar route and going, hey, Netflix, you get Horizon. <clears throat> hey, Amazon, you get God of War. Hey, mm-hmm. HBO, you get uh, Last of Us. Twisted think- Metal on Peacock, too, don't forget. <laughs> Twisted Metal on Peacock, yeah. Uncharted, Unchar- Uncharted uh, going the movie route. I think they are diverse- diversifying enough to where 
I think you're going to have some duds and you're going to have some failures, but at the same time, you're going to have some metal on Peacock. Don't forget. Like, I think that's going to be a, a fun time. If they nail the things about it that they need to nail, mainly if they, if they lean into the ridiculousness of ridiculousness of it and the comedy of it, I think there's a chance that that's actually really good and really fun time. I but, love Anthony Mac so much or Anthony Mackie so much, but yeah. like, I don't know, man. I don't know if they can lean into it enough to make you it. I don't think so. I don't know. We'll see. He has the comedic chops. Like, I feel like he's not been given. This the is not. No, I am not indicting Anthony Mackie. Okay. <laughs> I, I know the man's talent. But Greg also, Thomas Hayden Church, Sandman from Spider Man Three. Sandman's yeah. in it. Come on, he's man. In. Uh, yeah. Like as we as, as as we've been learning more about it, I have been getting more curious and I, and actually excited to 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 see how this stuff pans out, especially with Horizon, which. You know, my approach to a lot of this stuff is that for games that are like The Last of Us and God of War, where it is, we associate a story and cutscenes and memorable moments with these things. Horizon, even though it is very narrative and even though it is driven by Aloy's story, there is enough of a world there that you can play around with. And I'm not going to sit there being like, oh, you didn't do this scene. Oh, you missed this yeah. moment. Oh, you didn't do this right. Where, uh, where a Horizon series could le legit be them just exploring the world of Horizon and talking to different characters, introducing new characters, go like referencing side quests or creating new stuff. You have so much you can do in that world that that in particular, I'm very excited to see. Stuff like God of War, you know, I'm not doubtful of because I think it's in good hands, uh, but that's stuff that I'm less antsy to see. Like I wouldn't have picked God of War. That said, I'm also, I'm looking forward to it as well. I, like I think all this stuff is being treated well so far. Well, We'll start with Horizon. I took one here and I picked five characters from Horizon that I think are core characters. Clearly, there are more. Don't take offense that your favorites weren't included. But I figured these would be the ones we would cast. We'll start from the bottom of the list and move to the top. Janet, are you ready? You're going to be first. Sure. Dirtbag Ted Farrow. Uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke. Ooh. Do, I have, do I have to expand or are we just like saying names? I again? mean, I think you expand a bit, but I i mean, coming off a of moon night, Ethan Hawke would be a fucking dynamite choice. Yeah. And I love, I, I guess, you know, I'll expand on this one a little bit because when we talked about this for topic of the show, I'm like, all right, y'all, I don't know anybody like, and legitimately it's like one of my biggest gaps, like actors and just like having a sense of the space. Um, sure. But this, but Ethan Hawke was one of the few ones that I'm like, oh, this is an actor that I actually do know really well that resonates with me. You know, I loved him in the before series, which is probably, one of my earlier introductions to Ethan Hawke's work. And then um, someone, Should yes. I watch the before series. I wanted him oh. to do an interview, but he won't do it. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. If you're going to, if you're going to do an interview, I'll like, let me No, let Tim me said he that. will not do interviews. Oh, he so won't I'm, do it. Yeah. yeah I know. Oh, okay. You, if, if you guys ever are going to do one, um, I would love to review those. Uh, the, those movies are fantastic. I think you will probably end up crying though, because you are prone to crying. Mm. So you probably will cry. Um, but is they're really good. And has Jen seen them? Because you guys should uh, watch no. them together. If you, have, you watch them together, they're beautiful films. Um, I love all. Are they free anywhere? Or I, gotta, I gotta get them on Amazon Prime. I think you gotta get them. I think you gotta I'm pay down. for them. Yeah, I, I think I have the DVD. Some you know, again, I'll, when I go to San Francisco, <laughs> I'll just bring you guys all this shit that I don't want. <laughs> I actually do want the DVD still, and I, I, I had them at some point. Maybe I got rid of them. I don't know. But yeah, great, great series. And then Moon Knight. I mean, to, so the thing with Ethan Hawke though is he is a little bit older than who ted farrow is in my mind um but you know it's that's not necessarily like the reason not to cast him i think he did a great job in moon knight playing kind of this knowledgeable pseudo like it, you know depending on your perspective you could argue has the right intention slash kind of a jerk slash kind of nice slash you know the sort of 
like a slippery character, you know, I yeah, feel like sure, it's who he sure. was in Moon Knight. And I think um, Ted Farrow is absolutely that kind of character. 100%. So, yeah, I'd love Ethan Hawke in this role. That's a great pick. Um, That's a really good one. I didn't think Ethan Hawke. And now, now I'm, I'm jealous that I didn't because I think that. Who'd you go for? I went for Adam Scott. Adam Scott. And oh, for folks who listen to a lot, of, a lot of kind of fun. Yeah, Severance. Uh, he played the devil in The Good Place. Um, and for folks who've been listening to a, a lot of kind of funny content, right? A few weeks ago, there was a Games Daily where I was talking about how much I mix up Ben Schwartz and Adam Scott. And when I tell you that, I wrote in Ben Schwartz for a good 30 seconds into this document before I was like, that's not who I'm thinking of, is it? That is, that, that is not Adam Scott. Um, but yeah, Adam Scott I picked because I think for the role of Ted Farrow, you want somebody who... I think can pull off the dramatic TV uh, side of it, but then also play the asshole in like an over the top and comedic way. And I think Adam Scott is a dude that has the range to do both where in the dramatic moments where you want a dramatic Ted Farrow to, because you imagine in a TV show, they probably expand on that character and give them more to, more to do. I think you want a Ted Farrow that can be in like his business bag and be like, no man, I am this asshole uh, CEO. You know, I don't. I forget if he was a CEO or if he was another position. I can be an asshole tech dude, uh, tech broy, like you know, being strategic about the way I, I I place myself and all that stuff. But then also just being in fu- a, a fucking idiot in terms of like him being v- like very brash and very like, oh yeah, I got the stuff. I'm the dude. I'm gonna make myself a god type personality t- type persona, right? I think Adam Scott <clears throat> between what he's done and like his serious stuff in Severance and him like actually being a really good dramatic actor, but then also those comedic roles that he's done, done as well. Right. Like being the devil in the good place, the devil, or when he, when he plays that character, like he is an asshole, like he is a dick in that, in that role. And I feel like that fits the Ted Farrow personality really well. So I think he'd be able to pull it off. And also he has the right, I think age and look for it. Like I, when I think of Ted Farrow, I think Adam's the, an Adam Scott type would work for that. Mm, Excellent. An excellent pick. See, I understand what you're doing to try to balance it. But I think for for his side character as Ted Farrow is going to be in you know spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn uh, for the first time around right he's in he's you know in audio logs and stuff for the second uh, game I think you just lean into him being a jerk and that's why I picked uh, Max Greenfield from New Girl Schmidt if you ever watch a mm. uh, New Girl who he's of course awesome on New Girl and super like nice and stuff but to see him turn that corner and just be a fucking tech bro douchebag that i think ted farrow would be i think that would work really well for him like i could see him carrying it in i don't know if he's gonna have i don't know how much you get as you flash back to other stuff how much uh range you want to give him and stuff like that but you can totally see him doing the hey where elizabeth and like taking credit for it and fucking being a weirdo to her like he is in the games or whatever i could see that janet yeah Yeah. he, he um he was in um the stock market movie. What, what was that one called? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. He no, the actual like a uh, stock market crash in two thousand eight. Um, it also had like Christian Bale and stuff like that. Moneyball. No, that's about the Oakland A's. That's um, like baseball gambling, yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, he played like a league like, of their own. God damn it. Um, he's in that movie and he essentially How plays. How do we get Greg to stop shouting movie title? <laughs> big Short. Thank big you, short. Chad. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> he's in the Big Short and he essentially plays like the Wall Street version of like Deucey Tech Bro. So like he, yeah. he could 100% do that. Okay. Did, did anybody else here watch The Good Place, by the way? Yeah. No. No, Mary, but it has a that... character with my name in it. Oh, yeah. It does have a character in it. And she's yeah. one of my favorite characters. Mm. Uh Barry, am I right that uh, Adam Scott is the devil, or did I? Is that like a he's not, reveal or something? He's not the devil. Um, that is a reveal that he is from um, the bad the, place. The 
Well, no, he's from the good place. Right? Oh, no. It's complicated, but yeah. It, yeah, there's always quick, a lot of spoilers. He's a de- he is a demon. It's, he's um, a demon for sure. He's, uh, I don't know if we actually ever meet the, like, quote-unquote devil in that show. Okay. Here's a quick question about The Good Place. Is it worth watching now? Because I think I heard some people say they didn't like sort of the last couple seasons or something. Maybe I'm making that up. Oh, but no, I feel I, like people... I, I, thought it, I, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. The okay. ending legitimately is, like, I think one of the best okay. endings. So it's just, like, yeah. it's just it's just good. There, there's it's a penultimate... Great. The penultimate episode, like, before, like, they really wrap things up, like, it fucking hits you in the gut. It, so the Good ways. Place is so, so good, good that it made me reframe the way I think about, like, life and morality in a lot of ways. Like, it is... Okay. It is and I, I, I don't want to claim that it's, like, that deep, but it is at the same time. Like, it doesn't try to – it doesn't portray itself as, like, pretentious or, like, mm-hmm. being, like, super deep or super, like, a smart show the way like the way that even a community is, like, oh, we're a smart-ass show. Good Place doesn't do that, but it just has so much heart, and it talks about, like, its subject matter with such authenticity that it's, it's so hard for that show not to hit, at least for me. The next person I put on our list here isn't a person at all. I put Gaia. Gaia, when we're talking to her, she's talking about all the different things. We need we need a, a character there, an actor there to carry it. And what I put down immediately was Angela Bassett. That was what I was going to put down. Really and I one. was like, I couldn't think of anybody better. So I was like, I just left it blank. I'm like, I, I, can't, feel, I can't do it now. She needs no introduction, I would think, ladies and gentlemen. But if you need, of course, she, I think for me at least, and I'm, you know, old, obviously. But when I was a kid, she, I remember her really bah, like exploding with the Tina Turner movie. I'm sure she did a million other things that I'm not aware of. But then more recently, Black Panther. Obviously, mm-hmm. she was in that and people loved her in that. But and I think she would kill this. It, what? Oh, she right. Jesus horizon, Christ. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm totally <laughs> missing it at the end. Sorry, 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 sorry. I forget about that. Fuck. So yeah. underused. Criminally fucking yep. underused in Forbidden West. So good. Criminally underused. And I think give her a shot here. Let her be Gaia. I think that's a really good pick. My pick is because uh, like that probably would have been my first one. The, the thing I, th- I started thinking about um, with regarding this role was like who's somebody that would work as that like as an AI role. Right. But then also somebody who's who is supposed to kind of be like the this like. Um, like mother of the universe <laughs> kind yeah. of or mother of the planet type figure right like who kind of fits like this all-encompassing like god-like persona right that mother kind earth. of uh, that presence yeah that mother earth presence and my mind went to deny Guerrera from uh also from black panther and then also from walking dead right the character the act- actress who plays yeah, michonne. michonne yeah um i feel like for probably some similar reasons as angela bassett honestly like she kind of has that presence to her that i feel like would be able to to uh nail that role what I love about a lot of people now, not a lot of people, but that that dude Cam and Avery Williams are like, wouldn't Angela Bassett play Regalia? No. By the time we get to whatever season Regalia's popping up in and they want her to go toe-to-toe with Aloy, like I love Angela Bassett. I think Angela Bassett would be the first to tell you she ain't going to get out there and be like rolling around hand-to-hand fist combat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I, I definitely see her much more as the motherly, she can sit there and deliver and she is yeah. Mother Earth kind of thing. And that's honestly and also where... Like- I was just gonna say, like the the wisdom too. I think like that kind of knowledgeable. Sure. Like I think she'd carry that character really well. Um, yeah, and I think just because like for to Chat's point, like just because you were cast as a voice actor for like one role, I don't think it's the wildest thing to think that you could play a different role in a different like adaptation of the thing. Uh, if anything, it speaks to her already having like 
familiarity with the franchise from having that dude cam says i know too confusing though lol were you confused when fucking nolan north talked to goddamn tom holland on the beach we're like there's two drinks i don't know what i'm (laughs) seeing the people who didn't play the game who are just gonna watch this aren't gonna be fucking confused they're gonna be like ah yeah chat do me a favor if you're live watching right now on patreon.com slash kind of funny games go ahead and boo (laughs) that dude cam (laughs) boo this man boo i'm doing it myself you can all do it it's easy you just boo him off the stage you know, not that we had to believe her, but also like Regalia wasn't that memorable of a character. Like, I don't oh, think anybody because she was underused. Yeah, because she was underused, right? That's what not would be dope is if they do a se- whatever second season and it's uh, for Ben West or whatever. If they just continue the story on, I could see uh, Michonne's actress whose name's escaping me. What was it? Deny uh, Deny. Yeah, I, I could see her being Regalia. That'd be dope as fuck. Oh yeah, that's have her fight. And you go square out, square out there. Everybody's booing. Good job, everybody. I'm proud of y'all booing. The thing is, was- like, I don't even know if you give. Uh, Rigal, unless you expand her character more, I don't know if you give her to a major actor. Right? Oh, I, I think you like would, you, though. You think so? Yeah, I think you would. I think they would do. I think a lot of things would be done differently if, if mm. you were to turn this. And that's what that's what gets me so interested about the Last of Us TV show is that I've said from basically the jump when it was the guy from Chernobyl and it was Neil working on it, and then the cast they've done. I'm like, I think that thing's gonna be fucking awesome. And my hope is that they it isn't just season one is them getting all the it's just the game. Like, I hope they really expand it and it like goes to different places and it goes longer and it goes down threads and story beats we didn't see in the game. And I think you let that shit breathe. And I think if you were to do Horizon right and let it breathe and really want it to be that it's going to go on for multiple seasons and go on a lot of different things, I think Regalia would be such a fucking dope character, oh, especially yeah. to get like do the thing where, you know, you 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 the viewer don't know who it is. She gets introduced. We're seeing it all from her perspective in one an entire episode until like you see where she's going to slam into Aloy's story and where we're going to go with that. I think that could be hell. That'd be fun. Yeah. I would absolutely love that because in, in the way that they handled uh, a lot of the villain characters in Horizon Forbidden West, like they had, I, I, they had a little bit of the Spider-Man three issue. Not that like it, Horizon Forbidden West is Spider-Man three in any regards, but in the issue of like, Oh, there's not really a, like people. a main villain. Like it's too, yeah. Too many different forces to deal with between Regalia and then uh, Silence, who I feel like was there and then not there. And then like, yeah, was yeah, there yeah, again, yeah. right. And then <clears throat> the other characters that they introduced in the game, I, I feel like it was a lot of like inconsistency in terms of like, okay, who was the fucking, like, who's the bad guy of this season? Uh, and I think if you're going to turn into a TV show, you could do a really good job of like, yeah, having that reveal of like season two, all of a sudden Regalia is introduced at, or maybe at the end of season one, like post credit, it is like Regalia is fucking taking over the Forbidden West, and and Aloy being like Forbidden West, like we're not supposed to go there because it's forbidden. It's forbidden. Then, like, it's in the name. It's in the we name. Don't have yeah. To go there. Uh, and uh, you know, Mister Hawks one eighty two in the chat says, I mean, how much of the show, if any, takes place during the Pharaoh Plague? Again, I think there's so much room for that, right? Especially when we get to who we're casting as Aloy slash Elizabeth, right? Like to have those flashbacks that are full blown episodes of what it was like for the fall of humanity when that's finally revealed. I think that'll be dope as hell. Do you want the, do you want the flashback episodes? I feel Fuck like yeah, flashback episodes rarely yeah. work out. Oh, I think it'll be no, so I mean, cool. It... Like again, be, be a normal viewer. Like we always talk about with like one of the things for forbidden West, a drawback was that there wasn't the big reveal that it was like all on our planet kind of thing. Imagine yeah. being a viewer and you get to that point where it was like, Oh shit, wait, this was like the humanity you knew. And now we get, then that's like the cliffhanger of an episode. And then the next episode picks up with whatever that's, the fuck's going on back there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I think flashbacks can totally work, especially if they look towards taking a more unconventional narrative structure, which I would also argue Horizon as the game has a lightly unconventional narrative structure in that there are like 
a lot of flashbacks or like they do the classic opening and the jump ahead and then looking. I mean, the flashbacks are more integrated so that you don't consider them flashbacks because they're through holograms or audio logs or I mean, even the the puzzle of overlaying uh, an area onto like the modern world is almost a form of a of a quick flashback. It's just that we're not totally taken out of where we currently are. So I think they can play with um, that timing a little bit. Like it doesn't have to be full on flashback episodes, but I think they can lean into some elements of that because that's sure. I think a big motif of the game is going across a land that has existed before in an earlier time in a very different way and and how those things impacted what we're seeing today and sort of almost like paying for the sins of time past but trying not to repeat history like i think it's all a, it's a game that's very much about time i i yeah. do think that is that might be the challenge with it and like i i, I could see going either way because for horizon you know horizon zero dawn and horizon Forbidden west tell that story in a way that i would say only video games can where it is about the logs it is about you're you're exploring through a level and you are scanning a thing and then you're listening to people talk or you are watching a hologram right or you're reading a diary you you can do that in a TV show, but I feel like that's rarely a thing. That you just see it more, right? Yeah, flashbacks yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you want to show more than tell. But also, I do think that, for me, with Horizon, I like uh, that we've not really gotten flashbacks in Horizon Zero Dawn for sure. Forbidden West. Because I think it does make you think about the, I guess, our present, right? In, like, a historic context of, oh, this is far gone. Like, we don't know how these people lived or what this Earth looked like or, like, what it was like on the verge of, of fall we are experiencing earth as history uh, and we are like mm -hmm. really on the level of like the modern uh, survivors of the earth. Right. I, with the TV show, they're going to have to figure out like, <laughs> if they want to go either way of, all right, cool. Let's keep people in the present. Let's keep people um, uh, with Aloy and, in, in, in the, the survivors. Right. And like figure out how to tell, tell the story of the past in different ways or, just flashback because I do like the idea of it being like, cool, here's a reveal. Boom. You're in Colorado. Boom. Next episode is all about Elizabeth Sobeck and, and what her plans were and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I do think there are things you could do there, but it, they are going to have to figure some shit out with it. Blessing, who you cast in a silence? See, this is an interesting one because I think there's an obvious answer. Uh, but I right. would Lance more... Reddick. We're just let, we're just yes. doing it. Let him let him just be the character again. <laughs> yeah, I think that is the obvious answer because I do feel I, I do think like unlike Angela Bassett, like I think Lance Reddick as an actor would still fit that role. Like I feel like he's so iconic for it. And that is one where not that people will get confused in the theater, but if you're a Horizon fan and you go to the theater and you see Lance Reddick, you're like, oh, that's silence. I, I think he he embodies that role really well, and that role is is really well written for him. Um, on the other hand, right, if I wanted to get more more creative with it, um, I'm throwing out Lawrence Fishburne from The oh. Matrix. But even more recently, and this would be a, a, an interesting one for me to reference, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I feel like that character in Ant-Man and the Wasp that, that uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays is basically silence. Like, it's halfway silence, just in terms of, like... What? The, the, well, what was his character in Ant-Man and the Wasp? Like the ghost dad? Who he was? Totally forgettable. Yeah. yeah. Forgettable you, you said that? Kinda, I was like, he was it? All right. He was the fucking. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. And this is me saying he was like memorable in that, in that, in that movie. This is more so me saying like he played the smart, like scientist dude that was also like deceitful and also like had shit that he was keeping to himself and being an asshole. Right. I and mean, that's who Silence is. It was pretty much. Just, yeah. Yeah, I, I get where you're. And going I feel like this. Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> could do that, right? I feel like he, like, I feel like, give, I feel like, given Horizon, he would have more to work with, just in terms of character and in terms of writing. Because, like, I don't blame Lawrence Fishburne for the fact that that character was forgettable. I just blame the writing for that character. I do think Lawrence Fishburne would do a good job of of, of playing uh, great uh, Perry White. He could be a great Silence. silence. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> is Perry White the name of his character? No, Perry White is him in Man of Steel or the Snyderverse. 
Oh. Clark Kent's boss, Lois Lane's boss. I feel like that's even more forgettable. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, more Perry White is more memorable than you his... think. You think his appearance in Ant Man and the Wasp? Yes. You then... think his appearance in Ant Man and the Wasp is more memorable than him being Perry White in two DCEU I, films? I think. Yes. I think both of you are wrong. I think they're <laughs> equally forgettable. Oh, you're you're batshit crazy. <laughs> Ant Man oh. and the Wasp is better than both Matt Man. Uh, I, I man want to put on the show. Hey, hey, I'm not swinging on that. Right. I'm not biting on that. That's bait. I'm not making that argument. I'm making. He had way more screen time combined. Is what I'm saying. I, I want to. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about Clark Kent versus the Batman. I want Great us line. to put a, a poll that like gives no like no actual answer, just out of context of. Which movie was Lawrence Fishburne actually in? And you put the the Superman <laughs> oh, movie, yes. and you put the Ant Man yes. movie. No, no, no. Which, we'll I, that's where you're gonna get your. That's where you're gonna get your Hold answer on. because people are gonna be, a... when pose that question, people are gonna be convinced. Oh, he was only in one of those, wasn't he? I understand. In the answer to be Ant Man. That's the kind I, of troll poll because it's on. like wrong. You know what I mean? It's like when people are like, which yeah. one tastes different? They're all seven up, and it's like no one likes that guy who made them all seven up. Hold on, I'm logging into the kind of funny vid, vid Twitter here. I because I I want it just to be in, in again because I was gonna tweet it, but obviously I'll skew it and people will just dunk on. Well, people are gonna dunk on me no matter what because they know this is somehow related to me or I'm bringing up fucking Batman v Superman. But I'm saying we'll make it as impartial as possible for this. Janet, while we work on this, who's your pick? Yeah. So first of all, this got like really a lot really fast for no reason. But uh, I went with Omar Epps, um, who, like, I know mostly from House personally. Um, And I think just like sort of when I think of silence, I think of a character that is um, knowledgeable, but also kind of biting, actually very biting. Uh, Silence is super sassy. Silence is a a fucking dick. Um, And yeah, I think uh, I think Omar Epps could play that character. Not that his character was that in House necessarily, but I think most, if not in some ways, all of the characters in-house had a layer of edge to them by necessity because they worked with House, who is kind of an ass. So I think it could work in that regard. Um, and kind of that also that a, sort of silence has a bit of a calm presence too, like a like calm power to him. And I think Omar Epps' character, at least like in-house, kind of had a little bit of like that element to it. But yeah, that's who I went with. So yellow. <laughs> Greg, what's this no. looking like? Uh, it's looking like I'm trying to make it all because I want to make sure I'm going to I'm going to read it to everybody before yeah, I go. OK, we, yeah, I, I want to hear the, the reading. Well, yeah, no, I take think Omar Epps is a good or something. Oh, yeah. For, uh, oh, you know, no, yeah, he's great. Struggles. <laughs> no, no. I, Omar Epps is awesome in everything I've ever seen him in. All right. So I'm going to do it for I said two hours. I'll do it for just one hour. So we finish up. Yeah. before we go. And here's here's how I've worded it. More memorable Lawrence Fishburne performance. Man of Seal slash Batman v Superman because I'm talking about the Snyderverse. Or Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think just say which was the more memorable. It's like not that which different. Which was the... Which was the more memorable... Actually, I don't one. like it. Read, read, read that's, it all the way that, through. See, that it's sounds like it's like on. who he acted... Like what character did he act better? Which more that's not memorable. My Lawrence I mean, Fishburne performance. Well, that was my argument. That's he's more he's more known for that. And you were like, no, 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 no. no not known because I, I like I, I think he's more known for Ant Man than Batman v Superman. But I think he puts on a better performance in, in Batman v Superman. Is Lawrence Fishburne? Say it again. <laughs> Is Lawrence Fishburne more known for? <laughs> <laughs> Is Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> oh, it's one of those where I've, you've which, redone the tweet so many times, which is like these, weird verbs hanging on. Is which, Lawrence Fishburne more known for 
Man of Steel slash Batman v Superman, Ant Man of the Wasp. <laughs> I think you still need which is the one's first one most known for. And then colon. Which is Lawrence Fishburne most known for? More known yes. for. More, or known. more known for. Yeah. That's what I had originally. Because if you put most, yeah, people are going to respond Matrix. You're like, it's neither. No, Matrix. Yeah. Where's the Matrix option? No, if you haven't yeah. noticed, everybody on Twitter is a fucking moron. They're going to say that no matter what. Yes. 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 And I'm one of those people. You, <laughs> like, what about Matrix? Done, at least you have done your due diligence. I mean, if you really want to get ahead of that, you can say, not arguing these are his most memorable ones, just between these two. If you want to get ahead of it, if no, you feel that's like what it. A you don't need indicates. to, though. People are so stupid no, when they do you don't that. Need, you don't need to do that, but you could do All that. All right, which is Lawrence Fishburne more known for? Batman, Man of Steel slash Batman v Superman, uh, <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp. One <laughs> hour. sounds like such a ridiculous question. I love it, though. It is yeah, ridiculous it's question. I would say roll with it. Oh, uh, it is gone. My favorite, my favorite uh, toxic Twitter poll was blessing your um, what's more memorable, and it was like Rosebud or what's that? Oh, yeah, what, what's the what's the better twist? It was Rosebud <laughs> yeah. or Hill Hydra. <laughs> yeah, um, that God, was like we, the... We put Jared was, Petty into the ground for that one. That was know? the greatest toxic poll of stressed. all time. People got really mad at me for my response to that as well um yeah that that shit was so funny i was yeah, like, like i like pretend. citizen kane like, <laughs> like, you don't have to pretend to like citizen kane y'all this isn't fucking intro to film studies it's okay me too for Everyone ross let's did. move, let's move on to ross did. we still have a whole nother show to cast <laughs> let's yeah. move on to ross all right i feel like uh, things took a turn for me i i hear I'll, I'll let you in where i originally went i said ross who did I want to cast there? I because like what I like about this is like when I went to Gaia, I wanted I cl- clear my mind a motherly figure. Who would I put in okay. there? Ross, I went fatherly figure. You're gonna laugh because he's mainly known for comedic stuff, and he's not my pick. But it's who I originally put there. I originally put John C. Riley because I just watched. <laughs> we need to talk about Kevin, and he was like a really good dad. In it. It's like I was okay. looking for a good dad in this where I think he could do it. But then I thought a little bit more about it, and I wanted a little bit more of a harder edge to it, and I went with Don Lee. Who is Gil- mm. Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh in mm. Eternals? I knew him from Train to Busan, where he's badass and that. I think he could be a fucking so awesome outsider. You know what I mean? He, he, Aloy comes around, he, he you know, adopts her kind of thing, trains her. I think that could be dope. And That's Roger Perconi says uh, John C. Riley is amazing in Winning Time. I haven't watched that yet, but yeah, look at Don Lee there. It's so hard not to think of badass. John C. Riley and think like uh, Step Brothers. Of course, I know, I know, totally, I get it, 100. I know. And then like uh, Ricky Bobby and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I was like, you know what? He's not the right call, but, but, but he's, I do he's love him. done so much since that era, though. You know, like, but he was so so iconic in those roles. You know. Yeah, I mean, but like. When you saw him in Guardians, were you like so like whoa? He's doing he's like a normal funny. role. Like what? Like yeah, he did a good job. I don't, I don't yeah. know, but like that's still Guardians, right? Guardians is still a comedy. I feel like if you're making a dramatic uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, like not that he couldn't pull it off because I think he has the acting chops for it, but I do think that as an audience member, like you got to think of like okay, what are people gonna think as soon as they see John C. Riley's face? And I, for me, I'm I'm laughing. I'm gonna be like, oh man, that's that funny guy. And then he then I'll continue watching and go, oh, he's doing a great job. But I feel like there is that like initial response of like, is that John C. Riley? Is he playing Rost? Janet, fair. Who, are you, who are you casting? I had Gerard Butler, but I feel like he has too much edge, probably. Ooh. I feel like he's not, but I think he, I mean, he's a great actor. So I feel like he could add that soft layer. And I feel like Ross's character definitely, he has a little bit of edge, but he's just overall nicer, like in terms of like video game father figures and like, you know, how Kratos is like, almost all edge and he's like learning to soften i, I feel like sure, ross sure, is sure. a pretty um typically like stereotypically loving uh father figure who just kind of like he the the edgiest thing he did was sort of say like hey we're our relationship kind of ends here 
you have to go off and get spoilers for the first like 10 minutes of the first horizon (laughs) game um but yeah so that that's who i went with um because i think he has like the sort of when i picture those training scenes i could see him kind of doing like those elements and obviously like the physicality aspect of it like he's played plenty you know 300 all that like plenty of roles that have that bit of grit to it um so yeah and he kind of looks dad like for some reason he kind of reminds me of rust too i feel like rust has that like a bunch of facial hair and like you know he's like has warm clothes on and things so well gerard butler uh you know i obviously asked the audience to write in on patreon.com slash kind of funny games for their casting gerard came up uh ryan paula higgins and a whole bunch of other people cast him as kratos right Hmm. uh gerard butler this is ryan uh gerard butler's kratos is the casting i always believed would be perfect go back and watch him as king leodonis in 300 he would suit being kratos his angry scottish accent shouting boy would be perfection yeah, boy. So popping up all over the place. Uh, where do you? Who do you want here? Uh, bless. Uh, so I honestly couldn't think of a really great answer. The one person that came to mind for me was Mads Mikkelsen, and I think that's probably because I've been playing Death Stranding. Death Stranding. But, <laughs> yeah, and I like I just had him with him the, the stuff down his face, like the little rain. What is it called? You know what it's called because you've been playing. What is it? The rain. It's like the old black oh, yeah. timefall. The timefall. The timefall. Yeah, I just that's like all I can picture when I hear Mads Mikkelsen. But. Yeah, but I do think that he could play a really good father father figure, right? Like lean into like the the. I, I know he's known for a lot of action stuff and a lot of like hard roles, right? But like I think you could lean into some of the tender side that you see in Death Stranding. Um, lean into that a little bit, and then also like you know Ross is a character that's he's not gonna be around for long. You know, spend the big bucks <laughs> on Ross. <laughs> You but know, yeah, like, I mean, he could appear more if they do, depending on how they want to structure it. But yes, they, there could be flashbacks. Like they've done stuff like that in, in in Horizon. Even Horizon Forbidden West has some stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like I, I think he's gonna be around for a short time. Spend the big bucks and have him be like the heart and soul of it, right? Like have him have a really good first two episodes to really ground who Aloy is as a, as a character, and then off him. <laughs> and they just fucking dump his ass. I will say, when I first played Horizon, I spent that entire first like ten minutes being like, "This man going to die," and everyone's oh, like, yeah. "Why do you want him?" And my chat was very good, not spoiling the game, but they were like, "Why do you want him to die?" Like, what make with you know he's fine. I'm like, no, he's got like dead dad written all over him. And then of course, sure enough, I was like, "See, y'all trying to guess I mean to think this man's alive." And not as like so much a fan casting, but just like someone <clears throat> I predict that they they will probably look at who's Dad Stark. In the first season of Game of Thrones, um, oh, ne- uh, Ned Stark, uh, who's that? Yeah, actor? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the fucking Sean God, Bean. Lucy James is screaming at me from another reality. Sean Bean, who's uh, from also uh, a bunch of other stuff. Mission he, Impossible. And he famously things. gets cast in things where he is guaranteed gets to killed. die, mm-hmm. and so and he looks kind of that part. And so, like, I, I imagine Sean Bean is going to actually be considered for this role. Okay, that'd be a cool one. Then we come to the big role, Aloy slash Elizabeth. Who are you casting, Janet Garcia? Um, I am casting uh, Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones. Um, ah, I feel like, no, I do Ygritte, think this right? was kind of yeah. I think so. I, again, you know, I wasn't actually that, I wasn't that. I wasn't that heavy into Game of Thrones. Like I just washed it off to the side. Says so it. It happened around me, kind of thing. Um, sure. This is kind of also that classic thing where I don't. I don't think you necessarily need to cast like a badass redheaded actress, but like it helps. And I think, I mean, she has a lot of those, like her character in Game of Thrones has a lot of those elements. Of Looks so much like Aloy, yeah. The, the, the combat, the grit, like, you know, and I think Aloy is an interesting character because I, I would be very curious to see what does her, her TV adaptation look like because we're always kind of, 
complaining that Aloy doesn't quite, you know, we don't we don't see more of the inner workings. Um, but I think uh, Rose could pull off either version, whether they choose to go more traditional and kind of have her be a bit detached classic hero or whether they want to delve into the more, I think, like intimate aspects that we've kind of talked about in the show, wanting to see more from Aloy. Um, I feel like she could rock it either way. 100%. Yeah, I think when I asked this question to myself, yeah, that was the first person I thought of. But again, it was one of those things of getting hung up on. Okay, she's redhead. And she, again, in Game of Thrones, she looks so much like Aloy and even, you know, Barrett able to pull up the photo immediately of her using a bow and arrow. And so I, 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 where my mind went when I cleared it and wandered was back to another character or another actress who just played a redhead in the Queen's Gambit, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, right? I know she's going around right now for a bunch of Spider-Man, Black Cat kind of rumor things or whatever, but like I liked her so much in Queen's Gambit. I guess I like her in everything I've seen because I've seen her in the M. Night Shyamalan stuff too, right? And a couple other things, but like I think she could really be great here and bring an interesting not only look to that character, but then also the chops to it of like what we're trying to do with Aloy, I think to flesh her out more than she gets fleshed out in the games. If that makes sense. Bless. Yeah, I can see that. And I really loved her in Queens game. I think she gave a really good performance and I think I could, I could for sure see her as Aloy. Uh, the choice I came up with and I, I then coming up with it actually is putting it's putting it lightly. Cause like I, this is one that I was actually inspired by from uh, the homie, Mr. Bad bit on Twitter, who uh, uh, does the, uh, their PlayStation podcast. Barry, if you can pull it up, I have a, I have a link to the image, um, but Aaron Kellyman, uh, from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and she was also in The Green Knight. Um, she was the one, if you remember from Falcon, she played the leader of the the Flag Smashers, uh, the bad guys who, like, honestly weren't that well flushed out in Falcon well, and the Winter Soldier. It, 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 just as a reminder, you know, like, all that COVID. stuff was kind of, like, yeah, rewritten yeah. and stuff like that because of COVID. For sure, yeah. Well, this isn't the Falcon podcast. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I, think, yeah. <laughs> I think she would lucky, do a good... Uh, for this character, this isn't the Falcon podcast, but... Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think for Aloy, I would like to see somebody who is, like, on the come up and somebody who sure. might be younger, right? And I think for Aaron Kellyman, who we've not seen in that many things, I think she fits the role well, right? Like she has the iconic red hair, right? And it's like long red curly hair, which I think gives like a, a, a cool signature look to it. But then also like somebody who's a person of color, I, I feel like would fit that role as well. Like that's one of the things in Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West that, not that it like throws me off a lot, but it is a thing that th throws me off a bit for that character of Aloy in a game that I think has so much inspiration and influence from you know like a lot of native american culture sure. and like a, a lot of meldings of like different cultures around the world uh aaron kellyman is somebody who is uh mixed race and i feel like that would work really well for who that character of aloy is especially interacting with like all these different people all, all these different types of people from the different uh, re regions of the u.s and maybe inevitably around the world depending on where horizon games go in the future i feel like she would fit that role uh, really well i brought up a picture of her she's uh very briefly in solo a star wars story and it's funny because it's like the character that they seem to have been setting up with her uh in that movie would just be aloy in space um and so like, space uh, Loy. yeah space Loy, and um yeah I, I i think she would be uh great for that uh specifically with with aloy i mean um, is that not where that third game's gonna go i feel like we're going to outer space yeah no exactly um no yeah that's a that's a great pick bless uh before we move on to god of war i want to get out two uh ones here from the uh, thank you so much to everybody who wrote in on patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh reese hawk wrote in and said karen gillian is aloy that was another one i saw a bunch of of course nebula from guardians of the galaxy uh lots of lots of love for karen also, doctor, in that role. also doctor who though uh, i don't believe she was doctor who uh no, she was one of the, the companions in doctor who 
Oh, so you're admitting you were wrong about who she was when you said no, she was No, I didn't say she was Doctor Who. I said also from Doctor Who. You can run back the tape, everybody. You can run back the tape, everybody. What did he say? He runs the tape. Yeah, I run the fucking tape, Greg. I don't know what you want from me. And then uh, the other one I liked to hear was from Royce Butler, uh, a.k.a. Rolls Royce 5, who said, for Aloy, hear me out, dot, 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 cast Ashley Birch. For Silence, dot, 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 cast Lance Reddick. Seriously, this casting would be top notch. Uh, I thought about it for my pick of putting, uh, not for Aloy, for Ashley. I had Ashley for a second as Gaia. And then I was like, I just, she's too young. Like I wanted, again, this more motherly figure in terms of like what we're doing for Gaia. But like, it'd be interesting to see how they put Ashley in the show. She'll definitely have a cameo somewhere. You think so? You think it'll be like a, a Nathan Drake situation where she's... I don't like, think it'll be as on the nose hey, as what? Nathan Drake's. I would do something similar like this once. Yeah, Janet, did you, did you either watch the Uncharted movie, right? So, so yeah. No, I haven't watched it. I'm saving it. Y'all gonna get so mad. I'm saving it for when I finish the game. I don't want any more. <laughs> I'm very excited so, for you to see that movie in 2025. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a packed uh, you know weekend whenever it is that we finally like hit these credits. I think I'm just gonna have to you know pull the birthday card. I think my next birthday and just make my brother finish the game for my birthday. Even though that's not really how I want to spend my gift. birthday. But like, if not, I'm not gonna like. I think I'm just gonna make everyone's hands bleed for this birthday. Like you know, spoilers for my birthday, y'all. If you're listening, people in my apartment, get ready to game. Sackboy's da- gonna finish, you know, yes. like all these things. Like it's the 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 chickens have come to roost. So if you want to avoid this fate, you could just slowly chip away at it, and then we won't have to do this because no one wants to do it. But we're all gonna do that on January tenth. Ladies and gentlemen, we still have to cast a God of War movie, but we've been going quite a bit. So here's a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe, all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there right i got the me undies lounge shorts going on of course i got the undies and then boom me undies socks baby that's how we do out here at kind of funny i love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric you already know all about that but if you don't let's face it summer's sweaty but your butt doesn't have to be with me undies light and breathable micro modal fabric you can stay comfy and cool all summer long they have super fun seasonal prints and Tons of styles to choose from, but if you just like classic black, that's totally cool too. They got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for. They have super fun seasonal prints, tons of styles, and sizes extra small to 4XL, so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers. You can get 15% off if you sign up for their free-to-join membership. You can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. To get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny tell them tim getty sent you shout out to chime for sponsoring this episode no one likes waiting on a paycheck especially when you've got bills due good thing there's chime now you can get your paycheck up to two days early without direct deposit that's up to two more days to save pay bills and generally just feel good about your money situation but chime is about more than just getting paid early it's also an award-winning mobile app checking account debit card and optional savings account uh so what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Get started at Chime.com slash KF 
games. Shout out to Credit Karma for sponsoring this episode. Want a new credit card but not sure how to choose? You don't need to apply for the first offer that you see in the mail. Credit Karma can help you zero in on the right option for you and apply with more confidence. I love Credit Karma. I've been using it for years to check my credit profile, make sure everything is good and on the up and up. Uh, Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issuers so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. Best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and most importantly, will not affect your credit score. That is huge. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the right card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. That's creditkarma.com or hit up the Credit Karma app to find the right card for you. That's creditkarma.com. All right, we're back. Let's do God of War. All right, again, five characters. Maybe we move a bit faster, but we've been having great conversations. I'm not trying to get in the way of them. I'm sure Blessing can pitch something out of PlayStation updates when we get down there if you really want to, but you ready, Blessing? Yeah, this is a big week for PlayStation. <laughs> I know it is. I know it is. When you <laughs> said you want to do both, updates. when you want to do both things, I was like, oh my God. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, Mamir, who I feel like I've been saying it wrong since 2019. 2018, no, right, I mean, yeah. it just feels so weird to say it now for some reason. Mimir. Like, I know the character, I love the character, I love that game. We just but have for seven, four years. Yeah, I guess so, right? Uh, so, okay, we need a we have a head on Kratos's belt. Janet Garcia, who do you want? Andy Circus, Supreme Leader Snoke. Okay, is the skull that hangs there, but he's also had a lot of roles in, like, I guess, um, well, it's, it's weird to think of. I don't know how to describe these, but you know, like Star Wars or the, I guess, ner- nerdy roles. I sure. Don't know, right? Like, um, cause obviously I have like all of its fiction. So I'm, that's not the right indicator, but I think he's played that up a lot. And I think, you know, again, a little bit of bite uh, to the character is, is definitely one I attribute to Mimir. And I think a lot of the roles that Andy Serkis has played, ha- like checks that box. Um, and just look at it, just, you know, chop off the rest part. Boom. Fits perfectly. Perfect. You know, you'd have to change Perfect the thing. Guessing. You'd really have to change the thing. <laughs> all right good enough blessing who you got and nick offerman <laughs> you know, okay you an, an older man that is bearded that has that that can tell stories and be funny i feel like i feel like he fits all those things uh if i'm being honest is, i i like Jada's I like pick might, more <laughs> he might be too funny nick Offerman, but i like that you put nick in there i feel like that's not like i read that and i'm like i could see i could see that but i do think he's I don't know. A little it's, too. It's, it's a different it's type a tough of role too funny. That he has, you know. For sure, Amir's funny yeah. too. Is a thing. So I don't know. I, it could work. But I, do, I do think, like totally, I would imagine that Amir is different, a bit different from the game, right? Like it's so hard That's for true. me to go one for one with like who that character is. And I think if you're gonna have Amir similarly be this character that has a lot of personality and tell stories and is cracking jokes and all that stuff, you know, you got to find a character who's able to to, or you got to find an actor who's able to take that, own that, and put it in their own. Uh, voice and comedic tone. I feel like Nick Offerman would be able to do that. I feel like the 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 quips and the 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 funnies you get out of Nick Offerman would be good for his own kind of mirror. But yeah, it would be a different take on it for sure. Okay, well, I like that. And see, what I appreciate about both of you is that you envisioned in your head their heads on the belt. Yes, yeah. you know what I mean. Because like, stick with me because mine's gonna sound like out of this world wacky, but I th- it will be a more dialed in version of it. But I said Mike Myers, like Shrek. Wayne's world, but I had no point thought in my head it would be Mike Myers's head. It would be a CG Mamir looking head, and then the voice that goes oh. with it. And so, like, not as over the top more sense. <laughs> Scottish married, I married an axe murderer thing, but a more dialed back version of that. Telling because I think 
he's such a great voice actor. And so to have him sit there and tell stories and like be that part and like, especially the way he'll be used in a show, right? He's not going to be, he'll be comic relief. He's not going to be Kratos and, and Atreus sit on a boat and we get a five minute story from Mimir as we paddle, right? Like it'll be mm-hmm. peppered in a different way. I'm sure there will be stories and flashbacks and, you know, wipes and whatever that we go and go see whatever's going on. But like, I don't mean Mike Myers over the top, you know, fucking Austin powers it, but I do think he could do this and it would be the comedic relief you need, but he could dial it in and not make it crazy. And uh, he still has the stuff too. I don't know if you guys have seen the Pentavrit on Netflix, but it's the, his newest show. It's him and Keegan, Michael key from key and peel. And it's basically Keegan, Michael key joins the Illuminati essentially. And like every other character in the Illuminati is played by Mike Myers and it is him doing that same level of Austin Powers type humor of yeah. like being over the top, being dumb, and like it's just, it's it's a testament to his um like range as an as a comedic actor to like <clears throat> play all these different roles and all of them like bring something different to it. Like he's he's still like really good. Okay, I didn't know that. I like that one a lot. Uh, Madoc Nick ninety six is watching live and says, "What about Craig Ferguson? That's another good voice. I like Craig Ver- Ferguson's voice. I could see him doing that." Uh however, let's move on to Freya. Blessing, who do you cast? Emily Blunt from mm. A Quiet Place. Yeah. Sure. I like this casting a lot. I think she looks the part. I I I would believe it. You know, I, that's pretty much as far as I go, honestly. Like, I just could see her playing the part. She's good, really too. She's a good, good explanation behind it. And she's a great actress as well, yeah. Loved her in, the, in um, A Quiet Place. <laughs> Trying to go back to that good place. Good place. <laughs> yeah, still drinking that big gulp. God, imagine <laughs> if you still had a half of it. You know what I mean? If it was up a little uh, bit more. Yeah, man. Like, I would have... It would be halfway if I didn't spill so much of it in my car but even still i'm sure this little it's a testament to how big the big gulp is yeah you're still going even though you like half of it ended Uh, for me i went with kate beckinsale from uh underworld and a million other movies but like underworld right like kate beckinsale i've always enjoyed as an actor and then again this is another one of like who's a motherly character that you could see being in this world i think and like also playing it of like sweet to kratos and atreus and then when everything goes down with balder be like you know fucking furious and scary i think kate beckinsale has that, that uh dichotomy that i'd be really looking looks for the part too this is a really good yeah this is a better photo than i linked you to originally this yeah. is way better i like this a lot yeah uh janet who you got sarah paulson and again i thought of like the mother angle but also the edge angle oh. uh so specifically i thought of her from oceans eight uh which i guess oh, studio 60 on the sunset strip man that was the show with her man yeah, I mean, obviously, like many roles that you can like point to, but um, because she plays that kind of like that that trope fits in, from her performance in Ocean's Eight, which is why I thought of it. Um, so yeah, that that's my pick. Okay, I, I would also just uh, shout out uh, Danielle Basuti, who does actually play her in the video game. She is also like she she was in um, Parks and Rec, I think, for a little bit as well and stuff like that. Like she is mm-hmm. at, like actual mm-hmm. like uh, coming up in Hollywood as well. I I, I think that would be cool for, uh, to like see her do that in a like a live action kind of uh setting as well also i gotta ru- I, I gotta run really quick so um i'm not gonna be able to pull up images for the the next casting here for a minute sorry balder's up and i think we i feel like we know a lot of these people i uh, what they look yeah. like so i think you're all right this is a good place for you to actually step off good job barrett i'm proud of you you timed that well you did good barrett he might have he might have already been gone i don't even know he'll never well, we'll, we'll never tell him to his face he'll, never he'll have to watch face. it he'll have to run the tape back um but balder I, I went Christian Bale for this. I feel like okay. Christian Bale just takes his shirt off. He's already bolter, but also he's done a lot of work. He's he's done a lot of work with parts that require him to maybe like get his body a certain way. So I think he could definitely fit whatever look that they uh, want to go for with Balder. And I think he also 
has that bit of angle where as an actor he can get a little bit crazy with it and i think that's also very bolder so christian bale Agreed. That he'd be great at it, especially when you saw like you know in the Thor I just, trailer. I just put I just put Batman next to Christian, like Christian Bale, Batman. You know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, blessing. You put one name next to your next pick. Who is it? <laughs> I went Michael C. Hall from Dexter. Uh, I went with him because you know for Balder, I was trying to think of somebody who uh, could do like the redhead look. And Michael C. Hall, I forget if he's like naturally redhead or if he like just plays plays one of the tv show but he can pull off that look and then also like in dexter obviously he's playing a killer and i think he can get real physical if he wanted to for that role and he's somebody who's older right like you know i feel like i I could see him really embodying that role and getting crazy because in dexter he also has those moments where he is like he go he's calm most of the time but he does like he does get crazy right because he is this like fucking crazy ass serial killer on edge the whole time and i think the, a lot of that fits with who who Balder is. The only thing that gets messy with it, and maybe this is just part of God of War lore and Norse mythology. I was trying to reconcile like the age uh, between Balder and Freya because Freya is Balder's mom. But I guess yeah. in Norse mythology, that might not matter that much because it doesn't matter, right? Because in the really game, old. yeah, they're all in the same age bracket or whatever. You know what I mean? The yeah. actors themselves. Like I, I did a very similar thing where I was like, oh, I was like, oh, they didn't worry about it in the game. Why would I have to worry about it? Here? Yeah. And like I, Emily Blunt, I think is, is uh, younger than Michael C. Hall. Cause Michael C. Hall is like 52 years old. I want to say, um, but yeah, like I don't think it matters that much. And in, in, uh, to that point, and I think I, I could see that pairing work, uh, working pretty well in, uh, in that regard. Uh, for me, I, for Balder, I went with Walter Goggins. Uh, he's a character actor. You might, you probably know him right now. He's uh, he's in righteous gemstones uh brother billy or little baby oh, Billy. oh you know what i mean but guy. he's he's also a voice actor in invincible he's also uh he was in sons of anarchy he's all he's one of, he's in justified like he's a character actor in a million different things and he's he's the only guy uh so far he was the big announcement when they announced the fallout show that he's yes. in the fallout show or whatever like he's another actor that i think can play the dichotomy of balder like there's one of him with a beard that looks like i think really good and also i think if you got him just yacked for it and you got him you know out there working out to take off his shirt and be jacked as hell and have all these tattoos like he's scary even when he's being a nice character walter goggins is scary and i've interviewed the man very nice in person but like you know that giant grin and like you know he could just go off and be i think he'd be awesome to be when he's fucking talking a little bit of the shit with a smile and then when he's really fucking mad with the smile i think he'd be really good at it for balder <clears throat> but now we're into our two main leads atreus and kratos we'll start with atreus i'll kick it off and I want to put in Ashtray from Euphoria. Javon Wana Walton. I was thinking, who's an up-and-coming this. young actor? Who's uh, going to be able to give the broody nature of uh, Atreus? And I immediately went to Ashtray from Euphoria. <laughs> who I think, again, is like so fucking scary in that show. Like so weird and you don't understand. And then you get the backstory to it. And then everything else that happens in seasons one and two with him. Like. He's fucking badass. And to see him running around with a bow and arrow, like fucking being Kratos' son, I think it'd be dope as hell. I, I want to say I saw on TikTok or somewhere that he's a gymnast too. Like he does mm. a lot of, he can do like a lot of stunt work. Not that Atreus is doing backflips and shit, but he does do shit yes. like jump off of Kratos' <laughs> like fucking chest and like pull out his bow and arrow in the air and kill people, right? Like yeah. he could implement some of that stuff, right? And he could uh, maybe do some of his own stunts. I think that'd be pretty cool. Excellent. Uh, but uh, No, actually, Janet, what'd you do? 
I went with Finn Wolfhard, aka Mike Wheeler from Stranger Things. Um, I will say he's getting a little Trevor from Ghostbusters Afterlife. All right, show some respect. Oh yeah, for sure, sure. That's where put up that poll, Greg, and see how that goes. Um, but I will say he's getting kind of a little bit on the older side because he's 19 now. Um, but you know, it's acting, and they can. He already plays like a young role in Stranger Things. But I think, especially in Stranger Things, he captures that awkward skittishness while also having to take on um something that is highly important and really challenging to do which i feel like also leans into sort of the structure of god of war as well um kind of kids being forced to grow up and take on a a big deal role but also kind of the kids sort of almost wanting that burden um so i feel like that that fits that character really well so that he'd pull off that role really well hell yeah Uh, yeah it's one of those i agree he's getting old but he also plays young all the time yeah, so yeah at, at he point looks kind of younger too. So just and I think it also to change the character around, right? Like it's not like it has to be. Yeah, the youngest. I, I I do worry if like he t- typically I, I feel like at this point in his career is getting typecast a lot. He plays the same yeah. character over and over again. Sure. And I, like I, I I understand like the energy that he brings to those roles, like kind of fitting that Atreus stuff. I yeah, that would that would be uh that'd be interesting because like when Atreus is getting slightly older, I would want to see Atreus be like a little more less. Of how I see Finn Wolfhard. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Okay. Blessing. Who's your Atreus? Uh, I'm going with Skylar Gartner, uh, who plays both Jonah from Ozark, and then he plays uh, young Daredevil from Daredevil. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I always, I always forget about that, too, until recently I went back and watched Daredevil, and I was like, oh, shit, it's the kid from Ozark. Uh, <laughs> I believe he's, like, 18 now, which, you know, in, in Hollywood, you know, means that you can still play a fucking child if you wanted to. Sure, um, And so like, he has that, right? Like, in Ozark, he plays a kid who, he's a teenager, right? He, he has that rebellious attitude to him. Um, he's a young, up-and-coming, I feel like is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but I guess I would probably use that for him, right? He's up-and-coming, right? He's, like, he just finished off with Ozark because that's now done and so he's probably either already working on new stuff or is in the market to work on new stuff um and yeah like he he's someone who I think would give a trans vibes like just based completely off of his performance oh, dude. Ozark. yeah his Jonah yeah for sure have you yeah. finished that season or have you I, finished the last season I, I finished the last season right and like he in the last couple of seasons I think he's had that like attitude that you recall from uh atreus uh in like the latter half of god of war when he starts to have that like teenage rebellion of like fuck you dad and you know those type vibes he gives that in uh the later season of, of ozark What's Interesting. This oh this Which is, is like uh, Daredevil. god he was so young i know right he was he was tiny baby yeah and i want to see him in more stuff it's time for the big role kratos janet will begin with you yeah I'm glad you start with me because actually, Greg, I like your pick more than mine, but I'm going to go with uh, Winston Duke from Black Panther. Um, again, I'm just oh, thinking of, yeah. of someone who um, has like a strength to them, a presence, an energy that kind of can play that harsh edge that Kratos is very known for. It's it's really only in this game where we're kind of seeing, um, I think, more dynamics. And then I think when you bring in the dynamics, absolutely, Winston can play that as well. Uh, absolutely phenomenal in Black Panther. So, Yeah. Dude, uh, I like your pick one. more than mine. I remember when really? this when I like, the TV no, I like show, your pick more. When God of War's TV show popped up, I remember talking about him, and I totally blanked on him for this one. Uh, for, for Kratos on this one, I, I cast uh, Mike Coulter, uh, Luke Cage from the Marvel shows on Netflix. Yeah. So I just fucking adore interviewed very nice. Uh, and it's that I think he could do it as well, because I think an intimidating form, which is one of the big things for Kratos, a fucking booming voice, another thing for Kratos. And then, yeah, the way he played Luke Cage in Luke Cage, right? Like, I thought he was just, like, 
really pull it off. And even looking at him now, right? Like imagine him in the ashes of his wife and child <laughs> seared to his skin right he's fucking terrified oh my god yeah that's how i imagine everyone when i'm first <laughs> getting a look at him seared in the ashes of their wife and child um no absolutely like i think that's such a, a good pick and again i think you do see elements of like that that edge and softness even in luke cage so i was like yeah freaking luke cage that's great blessing you get the final one before we get a couple audience ones in uh who's your kratos uh, so I went with Adrian Holmes, who uh, his latest work, I believe, has been uh, the Bel Air TV show. Oh. Vera, I sent you a, a link and you're already, you're already playing it. If you want to bring up like actually, if you want to play this with sound, because this is one of the scenes where I was like, fuck, this guy knows how to play a father figure. Like, yeah, the he thing had, where we get pinged in PSL. Yeah, I'd, oh, I'd rather might, not play audio for this. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. This is basically a, a scene where he where will put up a still image. Put up a still image. They're still <laughs> gonna look a, for the video. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can probably put an end to this. Uh, there's also like an image I, I have uh, of like a, uh, just a random link of his headshot where just pure facial structure and like even the layout layout of his facial hair. He has that Kratos look to him, and in a similar way, just imagine mm. the ashes yeah, of his dead family sprinkled on him. Like <laughs> he is looking, he is looking one for one like Kratos. He has that I, I I think that presence of like, oh man, this is somebody who if he walks in the room, I'm gonna be intimidated, right? Like he just looks like that. He has that manly man fucking like stature that you you want from a Kratos. And then you know he's had roles where he's playing that fatherly figure, and he's done like a lot of Hallmark stuff. Like usually. <laughs> he is playing more of, he, usually he's playing more of like a tender when kind of human when he's being. not like, covered in his family's ashes he's yeah. having a romantic holiday <laughs> like usually it's more like oh this man's daddy more than he's father but i do think that he may be able to make that transition we'll get you an actor father. who can do both am i right now yeah i guess you're an actor who can do both and like in the <laughs> in the case do. that you in the case that you have the, that yeah. those flashbacks to like cradles before his family's ashes get fucking sprinkled on him right like I think he has that look, right? Like he still has that fucking like big presence to him that uh, I think would em embody that role. Guys, we did it. These are great picks. They I think these are really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we killed it. The only, the only uh, thing you're that's welcome then... Netflix. They probably already sure did this, but anyway. Was it Netflix? I think it's Amazon, right? When it's a one's well, Netflix, one's Amazon. We did Horizon. We did Horizon. Yeah, oh, Horizon. Yeah, yeah. Horizon, Netflix, God of War's Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also the the one thing with mine is that like it's it's really funny thinking about um Adrian Holmes as the dad to uh, Jonah from Ozark, and like yeah. <laughs> You know, like you 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 gotta like mess around with that a little bit or just ignore it. But like I I I find that to be hilarious. Uh there were a lot of picks that came in. Like I said, Gerard Butler came up a lot. We read Ryan's. The other one that came up a lot comes from Thunderstruck. After some thought, and it might be an obvious slash common pick, but I feel he has the the presence you need to be Kratos, and that's Jason Momoa. Momoa could absolutely nail both Kratos's reserved nature as well as the unrelenting fury we saw in his early appearances in the God of War trilogy. And I think. For me, it's so easy to think of who we know of Jason Momoa now. Yeah. This is fucking, and I mean this in the most positive Greg Miller way of all, this clown. Like, I love Jason Momoa. He's, he's such a fun guy. He's a fun follow on Instagram. You know, Aquaman movies are fun and stupid and whatever. And he, he, Justice League, he rides a fucking parademon down. And he, my man, you know what I mean? And all this shit. My I man. sometimes forget that he started as Cal Drago, right? And he was just like this intimidating, silent fucking badass. And like, you could see somewhere there the in-between of the fun goofball Jason Momoa we know and the fucking super serious, quiet, scary-ass Cal Drago. There's Kratos in the middle there. We'll see. We'll see who they pick. For now, though, we'll see what's happening this week in PlayStation Blessing. Uh, so, Greg, this has been a pretty big week in PlayStation, and we've been talking about it all week on different shows, uh, but I'm, I've condensed a lot of it down uh, in this show, too. What does Sony's next 12 months look like? Because a lot of the news that we've been getting has been regarding, like, 
plans for different ga- game releases, different stuff popping up, popping off, right? Like what, what's going on in Summer Games Fest stuff. I want to start with Exhibit A, Greg Miller, which is <laughs> God of War Ragnarok seems to be inching closer to a 2022 launch. I'm going to pull real quick from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN who writes, God of War Ragnarok has received a rating in South Korea, suggesting that the game is on track for its 2022 release date. As spotted by Reset Era user Modis, uh, Ragnarok was rated as an 18 and over game by South Korea's game rating and, and administration committee. And a game being rated usually signifies that a relatively complete version has been presented and therefore isn't too far from release. Uh, this is an interesting one, right? Like we've been oh, this yeah. is a debate we've been going back and forth on for a while regarding is God of War Ragnarok going to get delayed? And I feel like this is the most I've ever believed that we're going to get Ra- God of War Ragnarok in 2022. Same. Uh, exactly. Right there with you. Yeah, I thought when this popped today, I was like, oh, okay, well. I mean, it's been stacking up for a while. Of course, Bruno was out on Twitter from Sony Santa Monica saying in a response, no, it's coming this year. And we we're all like, I oh, don't say that, Bruno. But they've been saying that. They've been saying 2022. And the fact that it's rated means, yeah, it's really far along to the point that they're able to submit in some fashion. And that does, to me, indicate, yeah, we're getting it this year. Which brings me to the question of when are we going to get it, right? Uh, yeah. it, right here from patreon.com slash kind of funny games. My dog Nick96 from Massachusetts writes in and says, Hey, PS, I love you, crew. With word of Ragnarok getting raided in Korea, when do you think PlayStation will throw throw in their show for Summer Games Fest? Janet Garcia. Yeah. Or Greg Miller. When do I think they'll throw it in? I don't. Do you, I think there's like I'm two parts even, to this. I'm not even confident, yeah, that, that it will be thrown in just because, I don't know, PlayStation's presence around that whole kind of thing has been sparse i i mean i think we'll see playstation there but i don't know if it'll be in the way that like this kind of write-in sort of describing um but i mean i think we could totally i would say like i don't think there's going to be a big standalone like playstation moment but i think there will be integration in like whatever the kind of marquee show ends up being um similar to what we saw last year with i think it was also games fest right because did that yeah. happen last year? I'm like, it's all, all the time is folding Games in on Fest itself. Kickoff was last year. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. So the way we saw, you know, um, kind of like that Elden Ring moment, I think this year's Elden Ring moment might be God of War's release date. Because I can't, Holy I struggle shit. to think of what would be I think so too. the equivalent of that Elden Ring moment. And then what's good about the Elden Ring moment is you don't got to do a lot, but you get a lot of credit for it. Now that it's not hard to get those things. I don't want to disparage again, the work that goes into the planning and the connection and setting that up and, and Jeff locking that in as like kind of his exclusive moment. But I think by it's, you don't have to do a lot. I mean, they can kind of just show any level of footage and give the date sure. and the big conversation is going to be the date. The big W from PlayStation and from uh, Jeff's showcase would be that date. And really, all that data is, is, you know, it's a piece of text on a screen. But that is a huge deal. That would be, like, the big talk of the show. Um, And I think every show kind of needs that. I think he probably will be looking for that. And my question to y'all is, if you don't think that would happen, what would be something of that that stature? Because I think he really, like, kind of needs that to really drive home this as a intriguing showcase. So that's my idea. Yeah, Jeff knows he needs a megaton. But I think he works always so closely with Xbox, which gets weird with Xbox having their own showcase. But then you could do the whole like, hey, there's a TC. To, to get away from that and bring it back to the PlayStation and the God of War question, I would fucking love it if PlayStation did that. If Summer Game Fest uh, on thir- two weeks from today on Thursday kicks off or ends with here's your first look at or your first real look at god of War ragnarok obviously we're looking at god of War ragnarok content right now but you know your first real look at it and it ends with the release date or whatever what i get weird about is just playstation being playstation where mm-hmm. god of war is so big and playstation wants to be, ha, own their own beats 
Would they want to share the stage with anybody? Would they want to share this week of announcements? Why not just sit on it? Because like God of War is going to be the biggest title of the fall if it comes out this year, right? Or the, the holiday season or whatever you want to say in yeah. terms of like the coverage you're going to see on IG and GameSpot kind of funny. Like no Starfield or anything like that. Like God of War is running uncontested, right? And then it becomes a battle for you assume. I'm getting ahead of myself, I know. But game of the year between it and Elden Ring. It's like this is the competitor for Elden Ring. So it's like there's already so much hype and so much love for this game that it would be phenomenal to see it at Games Fe- uh, Game Fest and have it pop off like that. But does PlayStation want that? It can I mean, Jeff's giving them eyes, but like PlayStation doesn't need those eyes. They're going to get eyes no matter what. See, I think... I could see them doing it for the reason of God of War being the biggest thing there, right? Like, if you have Summer Games Fest uh, live happening and all these other showcases happening, even though this year seems to be a little bit more muted than previous years, I do think that you have the opportunity to really own the summer and, in turn, own the fall in terms of, hey, God of War Ragnarok was the biggest announcement that happened this summer uh, in a summer of other announcements. And that means that this fall, God of War Ragnarok is going to be the biggest game that you need to pay attention to. And I think for PlayStation, if God of War Ragnarok is coming this fall, the question is, how do you show it off? Um, And also, how do you show it off when you have maybe other things to show off? Because the rumor has been Last of Us Remake possibly coming this fall as well. And then also, what's happening with PSVR 2? Is that coming this fall? Uh, The prediction I made a few weeks ago was that we'd see God of War Ragnarok at uh, Summer Games Fest live. And I I think I'm still going to hold on to that, right? Like, I think, I don't think there's going to be a PlayStation event. Um, there was, there was a, in the original creation of this stock, there was a different uh, PlayStation, uh, uh, what do they call it, the icebreaker um, question from the audience that was, hey, like, it, this is from, I believe it was Mara who wrote, who wrote in with this. She was like, hey, guys, do you guys think that looking in the last few years, right, the last five years, there's been a, a big September showcase from PlayStation, whereas uh, within the last five years, there's only been three summer showcases from playstation do you really think there's gonna be a summer showcase this this summer and my answer is no right like i don't want to write off completely i think there's a chance that it happens and i'll be very excited if it happens tomorrow morning nine not, tomorrow yeah. morning about 8 a.m yeah. there'll be a post on the playstation you know what you're welcome it's, it's our timing that wills it into existence we it's know a win, it's a win-win for They're me like, right yes <laughs> like either i'm right or i get a playstation conference yeah, i don't think I it's gonna be a PlayStation conference. that's literally how i look at it too i was like if i'm right i'm right and if i'm wrong i get got a war so yeah it's but like look, looking at history, I would think that history would tell us that no, there's not going to be a PlayStation presentation in the summer. You know, the last time they did it was for the release of the PS5, and there's not going to be a release of a PS5 this fall. What there might be, mm. oh, do you think there's going to be a release of a PS5 this fall? Well, I was, well you said might be, so I might have stepped on uh, where you were well, about to go. Well, I was going to say it's PSVR 2, yep. which I could see there being a PSVR 2 event. But I don't. I think if there's a PSVR 2 event, then you announce God of War somewhere else, and I think that somewhere else would be uh, Summer Games Fest Live. Like, sure, they could do it on the blog. Sure, they could just drop a random trailer. But I do think Summer Games Fest presents them an opportunity to really go big and go, "All right, cool. No, let's let's own this. Like, let's one, let's partner with Jeff for a thing because Jeff's been good to us, and we can be good to Jeff. But then also, like, let's really make this the finale of this big event that is now growing to be one of the more big, one of the biggest events of the summer in terms of video game announcements. I, I mean, that's too, all... like, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say, like, I imagine if they have this stuff a lot, I mean, I don't know how hot things come in. Um, I feel like with any live production, any big event, stuff can come in really hot. So, like, I have, and also, I have no idea what the what is going to be revealed or anything. Obviously, I wouldn't be pre- fake predicting things. Um, but I feel like, too, this would be really good for PlayStation, even though they do want to kind of 
construct controlling their own messaging and being like, hey, if you want PlayStation news, you got to come to the blog. You got to come to our showcases. You got to come to our states of play. But I think it'd be such a good moment if they were to do it because it'd be like, hey, I'm still involved, but kind of on my own terms. And guess what? When I step in, I'm the baddest shit here. Like, I think that would yeah. do so good for the brand. Not that, you know, I know we've talked a lot about, you know, the PS Plus kind of rollout and all these elements. Like, I think there's been a lot of negative conversation around PlayStation and we can debate how warranted or not warranted is based on whatever factoids floating around, but it hasn't really been a, a great time. Like the energy has been kind of, eh. and I think hitting this would be so good if they had a date, you know, they can like, again, you, we already talked about controlling the fall. There's nothing else. It's uncontested, like just dropping in and having that little thing, even though again, it's a big piece of news, but so it could be a little piece of content would do it blow everything out of the water. And it'd be such like a positive moment, I think for the audience and the conversation around PlayStation and sure, like they're always going to have eyes, but E3 and E3-esque stuff, which Summer Game Fest is now occupying that space, it is so much bigger than any of those things because everyone covers it. Like, we're going to be covering it. IGN's going to cover it. GameSpot, the person that you know from your local store that has a podcast, guess what? They're recording an episode that day. Like, people that don't make content or that are breaking into making content or starting, everyone is doing it. Like, everyone's working at max capacity, and it's an energy that you don't get for anything else at that scale. I think you make a good point about owning it and it's about how much PlayStation wants to play. Right. Cause you know, when they backed out of E3 a while back now, years ago, right. And like stepped off of that, it was, you know, they wanted to own these moments in China, but this could be an easy way for them to come out, do Ragnarok on Thursday, blow everybody's mind. It is coming out this year and like not a deep dive, right. We're talking about a trailer that has yeah. a release date or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, you overshadow in theory, xbox on sunday where they talk about a bunch of games that aren't coming out this year that are that just got delayed and then you have the time to drop the blog post and do it if you want state of play that is just about the you know the deep the 45 minute walkthrough of all the systems in god of war and what you're doing and then yeah are you doing something for playstation vr 2 this year are we getting last of us remake this year there's a lot of questions still up for what playstation has up their sleeve which is why i think not only is god of war ragnarok coming i think it's more imminent than a lot of we we might think yeah, this is where I want to bring in Exhibit B of what do the next 12 months look like for PlayStation? Because here I have uh, two more live service games from PlayStation are coming this fiscal year. This is Andy Robinson from, from uh, VGC. PlayStation is set to release two live service games during its current fiscal year, which ends in March 2023. That's according to Sony Interactive Entertainment President Jim Ryan, who said during a business briefing on Thursday that the company currently had, had what it considered to be one live service game in MLB The Show 22. Uh, quote, Destiny is not included in the three games slated in F FY22. The two others are yet to be announced, uh, says Jim Ryan. Now, this is interesting, and I want to double back for a second on the previous thing we were talking about, because I do think it's very interesting talking about, like, what is Sony's 2022, and this is going into the early 2023 as, yeah. well, as well, right, <laughs> with fiscal year. But, like, what do the next 12 months look like for PlayStation? Because at the start of this year, right, Sony's been killing it. You know, we've gotten uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. We got Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. I forgot when God of War came to PC, but I think that was January as well. Maybe that was a little bit earlier. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but we got that stuff regarding third party. We got Elden Ring, right? We've got Sifu, which was exclusive. We've been getting games on PlayStation a lot uh, in this early year. And we're talking to as uh, talking to about as well some slip ups that we've seen from PlayStation. The thing is, the thing, uh, the thing is that when, when we, whenever we're talking about the slip ups, usually we're talking about stuff that 
we're noticing that the wide audience either doesn't notice or doesn't give a fuck about, right? Like when we get into the weeds about uh, the like the games that might be missing from from the premium catalog or the weird upgrade stuff that goes on and like the backtracking of that stuff that goes on with PlayStation and PS Plus and the different tiers, right? Like I feel like that is a conversation that that is usually between us and our audience and the gamers that are really in tune into what is going on in PlayStation. For sure. But for the most part, like the audience doesn't uh, the the wide audience the millions and millions of people that are buying ps5s and ps4s aren't as privy to that stuff as a lot of us here are and with that right like i think for them it's probably been a pretty great year for playstation and going into the summer right if the summer is here's god of war and god it's announced it's in june it's coming this fall also last was remake also two live service games I feel like in the eyes of PlayStation and the heads there, they're probably like, yo, we've been killing it. We've been fucking rocking with it. Um, and with that, right, like talking about the two li- live service games here, like what are those? <laughs> like, Greg, do you have any idea? Do you think that's Last of Factions? I mean, I hope. I think that'd be rad. You know what I mean? But I think that's what's so interesting about, you know, the way he talks about it and phrases it and says like, oh, we consider MLB the show a live service game because of the whatever they call their my faction with the, you know, packs of cards you get and the digital thing and blah, blah, blah. Like, and how they call it, this isn't Destiny. So, I mean, already you're talking about Destiny, uh, then a baseball game, and then what you assume is a third-person multiplayer game that's far different. Than, like, live service to them clearly can be anything. It's just about keeping yeah. you engaged and bringing you back, which I'm, for me, I'm, I think is exciting. I'm surprised if they're including MLB The Show in this, they're not including Gran Turismo, because that's a game that I would think is as much of a live service as MLB. I've not played either, so I could be way wrong about that, but I would think that both of them are ongoing to some extent. Yeah, but how, I mean, yeah, I'm about to talk out my ass. Yeah, we're out of our Gran Turismo <laughs> either, right? Where it's just like, I don't know how, I know people I were really mad Michael at Gran Turismo and all this stuff, but yeah, I can't remember if it was because they, I know they were nickel and diming you, but is are they dropping like, are there, is there a Content. daily login to get a new pack of cars or whatever, some kind of shit like that, or is there just a story? It doesn't matter. But like, there, does MLB have that stuff? Like, are there like yeah. dailies or like? Um, yeah, it's like it's just like my faction or FIFA. Ultimately. Oh, yeah. okay. Like every sports that game makes has sense. that. You unpack the cards and stuff like that, and all, all, all that jazz. Like that's very much of like uh, it's called Diamond Dynasty in um in MLB the Show. So Diamond Dynasty. Um, that's a great name for it. It's fantastic. I can't get it. mad at Diamond Dynasty. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's whatever. It's not the. It's not why I play MLB uh, games. But so you're saying they're not considering that part of their. No, they, they are. are. They're very oh, much. They're MLB. saying that is one of their live service games. I was okay. wondering more about Gran Turismo. It's like, why do you consider MLB but not Gran Turismo? It might. It might be that Gran Turismo doesn't have those those hooks. I'm gonna text Michael Hyman and ask him. Yeah, yeah. Is he in the I other think, I think it was Gran Turismo doesn't have that kind of stuff, but there still is like an like an in game oh, economy him. where you have to like uh like earn uh money to uh unlock cars and stuff like that. And the economy in uh, Gran Turismo when it launched was just like absolutely absurd and insane. Yeah, um, I remember that. I remember people being real mad about that. Yeah. So what would the other one be? Do we think? You know, if I think factions well, is two definitely more. the oh, obvious, the obvious guess. Yeah, I feel like that's. I mean, at least as a guess. Like I, I think it'd be sure. weird to. I mean, we could just have fun and be like, "What are two that are in factions?" But I feel like that is primed to probably be what they're talking about here. Um, but I don't know what the other one. Or what would you want the other one to be? I mean, I would hope it's a new IP or something different. I mean, also I think you know we're so easy to jump to the big thing, right? But I always think about like when they did Guns Up and uh, Kill Strain, right? When they were making s- smaller things out of Sony Santa Monica to try mm-hmm. chasing the MOBA, try chasing a, 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 a smaller always online. I forget what Guns Up is hooked. You know was, what else was, too for live service? I, I feel like Dreams is kind of... 
in sure. a way occupies that space in terms of ongoing content and additional drops. They've had like a bunch of DLC and additional like you're not packs paying and things, money but... for it though. Like I don't think they, oh, okay. they deal yeah, with yeah, it yeah. in that way just because they're not making profit off of it in that way. Right. I do, I do think though that like Haven Studios partnership was announced a while ago and they yeah. were acquired recently and, and their thing is going to be a, a live service thing. Do you think that's this fiscal year? That's I mean, the if, part if that not I've that, then what? Like, is it going to be yes. deviations thing? Like, is it going to be fire? Mm. Always get them mixed up. One of the fires, <laughs> the fire walk, fire sprite. One of them is a smaller one. Is it going to be one of their things? Like, I would think that maybe we're primed to get maybe one of those in the next twelve months. Now, if you want to shit your pants with excitement, Linky Dragoon in the chat says Helldivers Two was in the Nvidia leak last year. Oh, I can see that right. being made into a live service. Linky you're Dragoon. Right. Fuck you for putting that in my head. Because if Helldivers 2 is coming out and they're making that into some kind of fun live service kind of thing, holy fucking shit. That's a really good pull. Take all my fucking money. Because pretty much every other thing from that NVIDIA leak has come true. Yeah. 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 And so that's good. That's a good call. Um, Speaking of. Let's talk more about 2020 or the next 12 months, I should say, for Sony. With Exhibit C, uh, Steam listing suggests Returnal is coming to PC. Once again, this is Andy Robinson at VGC. A new listing on Steam's database appears to suggest that PS5 exclusive Returnal is coming to PC. SteamDB logged the presence of a new product in the database, which goes by the codename Oregon. One source shared footage with VGC appearing to show Returnal running on PC, which strongly suggests it's one of the next PlayStation console exclusives in line for port and greg miller i cannot wait for it because i have a sitting oh i forgot where i put it my steam deck is in my room somewhere and i'm gonna probably play underneath so a goddamn big gulp it's next to my bed it's, it's charging right now dude returnal on handheld bless Jeez. Yeah. oh man dude yeah. i just i one i just bought gta 4 um because it's on sale know. and tim gettys reminded me of its existence and i was like fuck man i missed gta 4 i kind of want to play it so i bought it on steam and now it's down it's probably finished downloading right now uh and then also uh before this another reason why i was late to getting to mcdonald's and then switching to 7-eleven and then pouring <laughs> i digress um i was trying to connect ubisoft connect <laughs> to my steam deck i was like watching youtube videos because i really wanted to play roller champions mobile uh handheld uh because spoiler alert i've been into roller champions for the last few days um but i'll get there when i get there um but yeah no returnal handheld is going to be a special thing i can't wait that'd be dope can't uh, wait to get my email uh, you know, also blessing can you forward me your email so i can mark this email address every I podcast i ask you to do this you say that every podcast you haven't done it why not okay i'll do it i'll do it uh, after this podcast uh, i want to bring in exhibit exhibit d though uh regarding sony's next 12 months why do we revere the d why do we revere the big exhibit d it's because sony expects to make 300 million dollars from pc releases this year this is from eddie Mako uh at GameSpot. Sony has announced new sales numbers for its PC releases of formerly PlayStation-exclusive console games, including Horizon Zero Dawn, Days Gone, and God of War. Not only that, but Sony is predicting a huge upswing in revenue from PC releases in the next 12 months to $300 million, which suggests that the company will announce and release more PC games soon. What do you guys think is going to come to PC? Sackboy. Oh. That was part of the NVIDIA leak. <laughs> oh. oh, man, this leak had it all. Um, I guess leaks aside, I feel like I'm struggling to remember because I feel like we predict this all the time for what would be next. Uh, can you run through really quick what we what we know? Yeah, we currently have like Horizon, Days Gone, God of War, uh, Spider Man. Yeah, I was gonna say you just start working backwards, right? Oh. What yeah, are the PlayStation like, that, exclusives like, that are, what are out? the big yeah. hits? And I think like yeah, especially because again, the whole ethos is really just stuff coming in fairly late, but enough to drum up hype around things. I think. Um, definitely Spider-Man, maybe even Spider-Man and Miles because they have that next Spider-Man game coming out. Yep. Like I think 
even a dual release of both of those games or, you know, a special bundle package still fits their... Yeah, that still fits their ethos of we want you to be able to play this on PC, but not at the same time that you can play it on console. And also we want to remind you that if you want more of this, head over to our console. So I think that fits. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think you work backwards from it and find it that way and for games that are have something else coming up. What do they call the Spider-Man collection on PC? All mm. webbed up. Charter Legacy of Thieves, all webbed up for Spider-Man? The... I don't know. I wish it was really dumb, but it'd probably just be Parker normal. Morales edition. Collection. Spider-Man Big Apple Edition. Parker like PC. Mm. The mm. P is for Parker. Let's workshop it. We'll come back. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. Come back the next, next week's week. topic of the show, what do we call the Spider-Man collection on PC? <laughs> Exhibit E. Sony says Joining PSVR 2. Sorry, Sony went. says PSVR 2 will have over 20 launch games. Again, this is Andy Robinson just having a field day today on VGC. That man was put in work. Uh, the article reads like this. Sony has said it will have more than 20 games ready for the launch of PSVR 2. The launch games will cover both first-party and third-party titles, the corporation said during a business briefing on Thursday. Quote, right now, there is a considerable amount of money being spent on partnerships with independent and other third-party developers to secure a considerable pipeline of attractive VR content at the launch of PSVR 2, said SIA President Jim Ryan. I'm not going to lie, I saw this story, and I was like, good, it better. <laughs> I want, <laughs> it better have more than 20 games on it. Um, but yeah, this is good news, right? Oh, it's great yeah. news. Yeah. I'm wondering, okay, here's a question for y'all. How many of those do you think are um, just like ports, or is this like, did they get into that at all in the article on if this is just going to be stuff that's available no, because this is all Jim Ryan doing that investor call. So well, it's yeah. like so top level stuff that they can't get into it. Um, well, do you what do you guys think in terms of that? And like, would you are you expecting this 20 launch to be like kind of new, fresh stuff um, or like to what degree would you want that to be I, stuff just carried over? I think if you're Jim Ryan and you're in this this um, uh, presentation, I think it is new stuff that he's talking about. I don't think he's talking about like Beat Saber getting a port to PSVR 2 um not that that wouldn't make money in in this in the sense that he's talking about he's just talking to investors right he's talking right. to people that are investing in the company um but i think when you say there's gonna be 20 games at launch at least 20 games at launch uh for psvr2 i would think that in reality there's gonna be way more than that and a lot of those will be ports right like i'm expecting like i don't know 50 games like 60 games and a lot of those to be the game like tetris effect connected and stuff that we've experienced before i think that 20 games will be a mixture of all right here's Five Moss games. Book two. Yeah, here's here's Moss Book two. Well, you can't do know? Moss Book two because it's already out. Like, yeah, you, you that's already out. Like, yeah, yeah but I'm, like I'm thinking more so. Like, here's like five <laughs> things from like, <laughs> here's five things from first party, and here's fifteen things from third party or stuff that's maybe come out on Oculus uh, that's now coming out here, right? Or like Half Life Alex, I feel like would sure. count as something. Are we not? Are, is this assuming that it's just not going to launch fully backwards compatible with PSVR? Have they already said something about that? Of like, they haven't talked about it. I would hope it's backwards compatible. Like, refuse to believe that it is backwards compatible or that it isn't. I refuse to believe that it is backwards compatible until I see it with my two eyes. How would you VR. feel if well, it can, was? And the camera's going to see it with your two eyes because the inside out yeah, tracking. Yeah. We talked yeah, about it before, Bless, and like the fact of you know the the problem being of like the move wands and how games are set up and blah blah blah. How would you feel if there were versions of the games you already own, right? Mm-hmm. Where if it was the hey, you know, you can get Moss Book Two you already own on PlayStation Four. Here's the version of it, whatever. Uh, earlier in the show, I told you guys I might randomly get a barbecue grill delivered. I believe that's yeah. happening. Goodbye. Oh. It's grill time. <laughs> Bye, Greg. He's grilling so, him up. 
we can like turn it into a new segment you know like greg grills and it's him just grilling things that's that's great. that was literally, literally they they did that in the past when we were back in the studio the cooking used, with well no yeah, not cooking they, with greg they would literally just stream him being outside like barbecue on the roof yeah it's the good old sweet days. the good old days. um but to answer Greg's question, right? That's what I think will happen. I, I think instead of just pure backwards compatibility where everything is pick up and play and everything works, I do think that there will be a list of games and there will be the most popular games on the platform that you care about anyway. The things like Beat Saber, things like Chover, things like uh, Tetris, the games that have had versions of other on other uh, yeah. VR platforms, I think those will get updates that allow them to work. I think they will be PSVR 2 versions, you know, because like I think with the new tracking system, you can't just pick up and put those games into a new tracking mode. Like you have to do some sort of development yeah. to make that stuff work um but the thing is with with the way psvr2 has tracking the new controllers and stuff um in the inside out tracking other vr platforms have that i wouldn't think it would be a crazy amount of work to go in be like cool let's con let's convert the control scheme to the way we have it working on these other platforms and then just port it to psvr2 because the games are going to sell enough on psvr2 i think to make that worth doing for the the all the vr games you care about at least yeah, um, but hearing this, you know, outside of the idea of maybe versions of PSVR slash PS4 games, you know, now having like a PSVR 2 version. Other than that, like I do think 20 w is is a pretty exciting like number for a lineup, especially just because um, you think Barrett always on it, especially because, um, you know, it's a niche platform anyway. Like I don't necessarily need it to have the world's biggest library, but I want a strong opening out of the gate. And I want to feel like the experience that the experiences we do have on here are ones of quality. And I think at 20, it's a good blend between having a strong volume and also being small enough to do some really good curation. Like, I would love to see this have basically the VR strength of like the PlayStation collection that came out when like the PS5 dropped. Um, but obviously in, in the thing that would be different is that some stuff would be new, you know, like that Horizon game, like, you know, other elements um, of things. That's that the thing. I, think, know about. I think the bigger question is how many exciting first party games you have at launch for it right they announced horizon call of the mountain i think you're gonna get a f maybe a few more and i'm not saying they're gonna be horizon yeah. level i think horizon might be the the big killer first party game for it but i do think you could get i don't know like what if you are getting a god if everything goes right in my road what if you get an astro game and even if it is like a two hour long like no yeah. this is just astro's playroom for vr your astrobot rescue mission 2 is coming later um even if it's just that right i think that could be an exciting release you have team of Soli work on something what is um the, what are the concrete genie de developers working on right are they working on something vr what is london studio doing you have so many studios that um are, are either smaller studios or studios that can do something that's dedicated to vr because they've been doing something before uh that's already been dedicated to vr that maybe could have something prepared by the time psvr2 comes out that i would think that you have at least multiple first party stuff prepared and then partnerships with other uh big publishers or other small indie devs because there's a lot of indie vr stuff um as well that comes through i think you're gonna have quite a few of those come through and i think easily you can get uh, uh 20 times and this is me saying easily not that it's easy to do business right. or, or development but easily in terms of your playstation and, and you can plan shit out ahead of time right like i think you're gonna have 20 new uh new titles to the platform uh come through um at launch um I will and then say more though, than that uh, including ports i've been enjoying all this like psvr news that has been come cropping up lately because i have officially sunsetted my psvr headset which i have here if you're wow. you know watching the video version where I'm like, I, it's official. I will never play this again, at least not in the modern era. Like, if I play this again, it'll be a weird 
moment like 10 years from now where i don't know there's some game that i can only play on it i don't i don't know why i would boot it up and set it all up but yeah i put all the guts and the skull and the box and all that that's like in, the, in a closet inside a box and i just have what remains which i still am so sad that we will continue to have wires but now it's just decoration for my backdrop at this point but i'll bring it out when we talk about this because it's the only thing it's good for at this when point was the last yes. time you played something on Ooh, vr that's a good question you know so on psvr specifically on or PSVR. vr yeah oh gosh oh man it might have been astrobot honestly because i got into vr pretty late How long uh, for ago? psvr oh maybe like it was in this apartment so it was maybe like two or three oh, okay. years ago like it wasn't that long ago that's, um, that's fine that's not an, an, an yeah because <laughs> i i got in pretty late i think maybe even moss because i also like hit that up pretty late but i didn't like end up finishing it because i'm like oh i think i'd rather finish it on like oculus quest and then i don't think i did that either you know like it was a whole thing um but yeah i think that's the last thing i had played on it um but at the time when i was playing it when i first got it i got it very much for work uh when i was at playstation lifestyle to like just cover more games for review so i played a bunch of games on it like i played the persistence on here i played um if there was a vr review coming down the pipeline i was like i got it because i want to make back this 300 dollars. and guess what never made back the money that i invested mm. on it because you know that that's tough when the pay scale is not that great um but yeah i also played like some random like indie vr stuff so it, it was a fun experience with psvr for sure but i am very excited for psvr 2 and then to really try to like commit to digging into it is what i'm looking forward to because like i said i came into vr late for psvr um so by the time i got here i was kind of like well this is kind of sunsetting already so I'm, I'm ready for these 20 games we're gonna have a fun episode when that drops well, Janet, to round out uh, this week in PlayStation, the next 12 months in Sony edition, Exhibit F, we may have a stray release date. This tweeted out this morning by Nibel at Nibelian on Twitter. Stray is apparently listed with a July 19th release date in the PlayStation backend. And so that's one to take with a grain of salt, but it is uh, probably an, an indicator that, one, we're going to get stray in july 19th if not july 19th probably soon right because it's in that back end um and that's exciting right it was originally slated for early 2022 and july is not that early but you know i'll take it i'll take it i want to play that stray game i think that game looks cool bless yeah same we have so an here. update we have a couple of updates actually uh oh, first off uh the lawrence fishburne uh poll has ended the people have voted Man of Steel versus Bad v Superman uh, oh, over Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, it was 55.1% uh, over 49 I'm going to chalk that up to, you know, even though this wasn't from Greg's account, we still have a lot of Greg fans out there who weirdly love uh, those terrible movies. Um, and then the other thing, we have uh, Breaking Wario 64 just uh, uh, tweeted this out from uh, Deadline. Uh, Neil Blomkamp is I to direct the Gran Turismo movie. <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> remember Damn. District 9? Remember that movie? District 9 was cool. I do remember District 9. I actually really like District 9. This is fascinating because I... Wait, was it a movie that we were originally talking about? I, I thought it was going to be a series. I don't know anymore, not have man. I don't fucking I know. Just, I don't think Sony knows at this point. Did we just assume that it was a series? What does a Gran I, Turismo look, movie look like? I don't know. It could be like... um. Ford versus Ferrari, but not because that was based on a true story. So I don't know is the answer. I was thinking like, oh, yeah, I could see it being some, um, um, what do they call it? Like reality TV type, us hanging out with a lot of car people because Polyphony Digital, Ooh, they fucking love cars. Yeah, like that would have been, been good. 
that would have made sense, right, for a Gran Turismo thing. Because they love cars over there at Polyphony. Like, they can't get enough of cars. And I could see easily see a Gran Turismo thing being, like, a different episode is, like, a breakdown of a specific vehicle from a specific year. Or, like, some nerd, car nerd shit like that. A Gran Turismo movie changes the whole conversation. Because that's going to have a plot with and Neil a narrative. Blomkamp <laughs> with Neil Blomkamp directing it. Camp. <laughs> Um, also, uh, gutted to realize that Gary has Stray in the fantasy critic draft. Mm. So oh, Gary the next thing I looked yeah, at. Yeah, that's a big one right there. That's I was like, do one. I have that one? I was like, is it a big I one? It, I think it's going to be, be solidly bringing in points, but I think it could bring in a lot of points. I could see it hitting in the 80s. Um, I don't I know mean, that yeah. it will. I mean, that's my, my, the thing is, my expectation is that mm. Stray... Uh, uh, low 80s, right? 82, 80. Because that like, that for me is like, oh, that's a really cool looking indie game. I feel like really yeah. cool looking indie games are just low 80s games. But I think it's going to live and die on does it nail the platforming? Because I'm not going to lie, it looked a little... I'm not confident that it will nail the platforming. Right. I'm very excited for Stray. But it, it looks a little... Yeah, there's some pl- there's platforming there. It's like a puzzle platformer, essentially. Adventure what? game. It's an adventure game with puzzle platforming elements. My assumption is that it's going to be more That's like the vibe I got. Uh. I felt like it was going to be... Daxter without the like violence, without the, like the action of like shooting uh, stuff. But yeah. that's like the vibe I got from the trailers. I don't know. People let us know what the the we'll, vibe you're picking up we'll, on. On we'll probably learn at summer game. Plus, you remember because yeah. you're jumping around and you're like in that little cart and stuff, and you're like, yeah, you're like moving. Yeah, Chappie is the cartoon. No, Chappie is this uh, one of the Neil Blanc, uh, Blomkamp uh, movies that he directed. Was it about an animal? Where it was like this robot bunny cop. Who like kind of oh. like become self aware? Um, <laughs> no, I don't remember. I think I and then remember this. Wh- who's the? It's like those weird two DJ people who are like kind of weird who like befriend him. Um, they were like big musicians like back around this time too. <laughs> the director of District Nine. The, the director of District good? and um, Elysium, starring Matt Damon, where it was a metaphor for you know. Um, um, oh, you know. Uh, I'm starting to remember like my uh, seeing a trailer for yeah, this immigration and stuff like that, and it was kind of bad um chappy man i hope chappy makes an appearance in gran turismo Turismo, the movie i can't wait to see who they cast in gran turismo the movie but for now let's talk about what's going down this week uh with playstation picks the drop looks like this this week we got ace combat 7 skies unknown top gun maverick edition for the ps4 this is one that usually wouldn't include in the drop uh except for the fact that they're dropping in the the top gun maverick edition and i saw top gun maverick recently and that is now one of my favorite movies i've ever seen and so i'm definitely going to check out this ace combat game yeah uh that's coming wednesday may 25th uh you also got roller champions out for ps4 wednesday may 25th uh sniper elite 5 uh, is coming out for ps5 and ps4 thursday may 26th Uh, and then here's one for greg Miller as Greg Miller makes his return. Oh to the yeah, yeah. You came back around on time. How's the Let's grill? This is fucking barbecue grill down a million steps. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you look like you're out of breath. Um, you're, you're about to be out of more breath because you came at the perfect time. This is one that I added partly for me, but mostly for you because this looks like a Greg Miller ass game right here. It's called Arcade Spirits: The New Challengers. It's coming out for PS5 and PS4 on Friday, May 27th. I'm the listening. description reads like this. Arcade Spirits, The New Challengers, is the follow-up to 2019's Arcade Spirits, a visual novel of love and pixels in which you seek friendship and romance while working in an arcade. Now the tables are turned as you seek friendship oh. and romance while playing in an arcade. It's an, an, Barry, can you show the trailer? I, I remember Arcade Spirits, yep. the visual is novel. It, is it one that you checked out? Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed this enough. I didn't play a lot of it the first one. Same. I played a couple hours, like two hours or something, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, this was actually uh, 
semi-deep cut, if you got the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality uh, that dropped around that year, uh, this game was included in that. I'm like 99% really? sure of that. Wait, this I had one series, or the original? This one, oh, sorry, the okay. original, Arcade Spirits, because I had... Um, I did a series for a while where I kept doing like charity streams like every Tuesday and I would play games from that bundle to like raise money for different BLM works. Sure. So I went through a lot of those games and Arcade Spirits was one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a very, from the time I spent with it, a very solid, you know, visual novel um, with, you know, romance elements. And the big change here from that first one is the first one, it's about kind of working in the arcade. Uh-huh. And this one is said to be more about playing the games in the arcade, which we're kind of seeing a bit on the video version with like, sort of gameplay happening behind the kind of foreground of the two characters talking. Um, so I'll be interested to see, like, to what degree are is there interactivity in that? Because I think for me, as someone that knows the the kind of visual novel, walking sim story driven genre really well, you know, like one of the common criticisms is people don't like that. It's like not gamey enough. But I think genuinely, again, look at the different Who types of games that are here. Because, like, well, here's the thing. I actually really do enjoy when people are bringing in different, um, when they have fun with the ways that you can create additional interactivity in a genre that is a little bit more passive. Um, so I'll be interested to see, like, to what degree are they bringing in, like, this gameplay and, like, what's going to do to serve the story. But, yeah, I, I, this one also kind of snuck up on me. I didn't have it on my radar, and then I just saw earlier this week when I was looking at what's coming out that that this was there as well. So, yeah. yeah and I definitely... I. It entices me more that there's gameplay to it. There's more to do than just a visual novel because that's really hard for some, not really hard, but sometimes really hard for me to get into yeah. because it's reading and I just fall asleep or whatever. It's a lot of reading and yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and in the first one, I do remember but there being on. elements of like fixing machines and stuff. And that was kind of like yeah, a little bit of interactivity. I do vaguely remember that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My concern here is like, it's always so hard to make one great gameplay mechanic to then mm-hmm. go and spread this out through. We're going to make a bunch of little mini games uh, that are yeah. arcade games for you to play. Are those arcade games actually going to be fun to play? Or are they just going to be like, oh, I got to do this to keep talking? I'm worried about that too, because like, I know, you know, with you and I, Greg, on Button City, like I really like the mini games Oops. in that game and you like really didn't like them. So I'm like, I'm yeah. wondering what this is. But these also seem like they're going for a different style. Like the games seem sure. more modern while Button City was very much, you know, polyg- harsh, polygonal, old school energy to it. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It reminds me of playing No More Heroes 2, because that was a, a thing that uh, they kind of did in that game as well, where you would go through, you would do the big action sequences, like the No More Heroes stuff that you probably recognize, and then when you'd come back, you would play these 8-bit uh, mini games that would essentially be like your jobs that you're doing dur- during the day, and a lot of those could be hit, hit or miss. Um, this I'm kind of excited for because it reminds me a bit of Boyfriend Dungeon in the gameplay aspect, where I did enjoy Boyfriend Dungeon for that. I liked doing the um, uh, dungeon uh, crawling stuff in that game, and then I love, and I also love the interactivity that you had between that, where you would go talk to your swords, you know, uh, kiss your swords, do whatever, and sure. then go in the dungeon and then use them for combat. I feel like that really uh, had a cool back and forth. It reminds me of Persona, right? In the way that you would do your social links level up your relationships with characters and then once you go in the dungeon those relationships really helped you in terms of what the actual combat and all that stuff looked like um so it's what i'm curious about once what I, I might check out another one that i might check out and this is one that's more for i think me and barrett actually is cow the kangaroo that's coming to ps5 and ps4 on friday may 27th Inspired by the golden age of 3D platformers, Cal the Kangaroo returns in a whole new adventure. Embark on an epic journey, master magical gloves, explore lush environments, and take Cal through his most grand tale yet. Barrett- uh, bless, uh, I, I learned recently it's actually KO, not Cal. I you really- fucking fake fan. Yeah, I'm sorry huh. I let you go through oh, that like- saying Cal very confidently for like the last huh. couple minutes. But oh, I mean, no. how, yeah. how would I? It's K A O. How would I ever read that as KO? 
Because um, knockout. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's those classic puns. Though yeah, I would, yeah. I would have read it probably as. Cow- I might have read it as both. I don't know. Well, it's, yeah. usually if you know somebody named Cow, that's short for Cowrie. Right. right. No, that's like where Japanese. that's where my head went. Um, this uh, is a miles yeah, per hour th- th- situation. Th- this was one that um, <laughs> was at a GDC event that we went to, and it caught both yeah. of our eyes. I I never got to go hands on with it, but you know, definitely that um, uh, what's it called? Like the kind of Jack and Dexter, but also or. or um, yeah, Jack and Dexter, but also kind of crash, crash. Uh, vibes and all that stuff kind of put into one. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to che- uh, check out. I never knew of Ko back in the PS One days, but apparently there's a few of those games uh, back then. So this will be interesting to see if uh, if he can stand the 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 test of bringing back the kind of three D platformer um, kind of vibes. Here's what I'll say: I tried it out. I went hands on with it at GDC. I didn't love how it felt no. to play. Yeah, like a lot of the movement and the combat and like collision and all that stuff felt a bit underdeveloped. And like I didn't, no. I just didn't like the physics of it. Right? It like, looks really cool, mm-hmm. but that's it the classic really cool. thing. It needs to have the feel, and the feel is really hard to get mm-hmm. down. Yeah, that's the thing, and that I, that is the key thing with with three D platformers. I think it has the charm. I think it has the personality. Ko the kangaroo seems cool. Reminds me of Spyro the Dragon a little bit. I think there's like a Spyro yeah. game where you turn into a kangaroo at some point, and maybe that's why I took a liking to it what? initially. <laughs> yeah, I think Spyro three. You I thought like you could say too. anything there, and I like nobody's gonna have, follow have, up on that one. I have, I have no way to fact check you on that. I don't know that I buy that, but I don't not. See, buy have you it. played the third Spyro game? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the f- I forget it had a little bundle. We had like Ripto's Rage and like the other two. Wasn't yeah, there, there was I, a Spyro I, game where you turn into different characters, right? I don't know. Someone said yeah, Shelly. Yeah, Spyro Sheila. Three. Yeah, Spyro Three. You're the dragon. Rosh in the chat says Spyro Three. I guess you don't dragon. you don't turn into the kangaroo, but you like like your control Just shifts. Just Congratulations, Josh. Really going above and beyond here. Beyond. You get to play as Sheila the kangaroo for like some okay. seconds. Yeah. Um. How. So with this game, and I know you just had quick hands-on time, so, you know, um, mm. how would you compare it to, there's a game you played, like, last year that was also in that, like, old-school platformer vein that you ended up, like, liking, and then you hated it by the end. You reviewed it on GG app. Now I'm playing, like, 20 questions, but, like, with myself. Was it but also with you. Was it the Death Alan Wonderland? Yes. How did, no, not that one. How does it, how does it compare to Tamarind or whatever? Tamarind is, uh, I think it's a whole, a whole different story, right? Tamarind. Okay is one that, that's like a super indie game. Nobody had heard of Tamron except for me, and the reason why I was interested in it is because it was very much a Jet Force Gemini yeah. successor. Um, this seems like it's probably better than Tamron. Um, like, it seems like it has more going on in terms of, like, now it, I'm like, is that an indictment on Tamarind? Or I shouldn't have not, I've opened this can of worms. I apologize. Yeah, it's more of an indictment continue. on Tamarind. Because, like, Tamarind, I liked as a throwback nostalgic thing, but I hated it in terms of gameplay. I think some of the visuals in Tamarind looked really great. But, like, aside from that, like, it, it was also, really messy in terms of gameplay. Yeah, you know, I, actually, now I think about it, apologies to the audience, because this is a very deep cut. This is, like, only people yeah. that followed Blessing <laughs> on the GG app. <laughs> and I don't think the Tamarind comparison is going to work for <laughs> most then, people listening. And then it's also, like, let, let's use something no one knows to compare to something else on no one knows. <laughs> yeah, I I actually fucked up real bad even asking this question. I this redact is, everything for Let's the for, for the people that back. are some fucking nerds out there. Kale the kangaroo seems better than Tamron. Nailed it. Yeah, Trust right. Like, like, five I people will understand what that means. Uh, and then lastly, we have Pac Man Museum Plus that's coming out to uh, for PS4 on Friday, May twenty seventh. Uh, what did you pick to play on PlayStation this week, Janet? 
Uh, I went with uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I finally Ooh. started that. I almost forgot that I had started it. Uh, and I'm, I am playing on PlayStation. And I'm about four hours into it, which granted they're stream hours. So put a little asterisk on that. Uh, I finished chapter one and I'm a bit into chapter two. I have officially gone broke uh, trying to get a bird from a crane machine. Nice. So there's that element of it. Um, and people were like, Why, don't spend all your money on this. You're going to waste our money. This is a game, y'all. Like, that's the only time I can waste money and not have it you know, ruin my whole family. So yeah, this is, I'm going to waste the money. But so far, I'm really liking it. It is my first uh, Yakuza game, but I uh, am really enjoying it for the drama and the story of it. Um, so far, admittedly, the gameplay, like the turn-based combat does feel a bit underbaked to me, but it's because I'm, I'm very early. So again, I don't want to actually comment on whether I like or dislike the combat because I'm so early that I haven't really seen the ways it's going to evolve yet. Uh, it clearly is very much like pretty rudimentary at this point. Um, but I think the Shining Story definitely is the story. Uh, and it's very cutscene heavy, uh, which does oh, remind yeah. me of my Kojima uh, times in my life. Also, seeing the trailer of this, I'm like, there's a, I'm going to do a lot of things with this game. <laughs> it, I mean, Gary put like, like 120 hours into this game, Janet. It gets pretty bonk. And I can see why, too. Like, I'm really starting to see why people end up going for the completionist route because i really i do want to do everything i think they do a good job though slow rolling it where this early on in the game only four hours in i can't really do anything other than the main story at this point anyway like and maybe the arcade machines um but yeah i'm really enjoying it if you are someone that likes story in games i definitely recommend this so far again i'm very early i'll be updating you guys throughout just because it has what i come to store games for like good writing you know well fleshed out characters and drama capital d dra the drama in this game is so good and also like it has drama but it also has trauma so like you know warning on that like it's a lot of heavy stuff and i was like oh shit yeah this is an m for mature game this is like you know i'm out here people are like i'm about to saw through this man's finger right now just live and direct and i'm like holy shit this is crazy like you know like there's like an opening scene there's like a play like someone gets like the, the shit beat out of them and then we cut to something else i was like oh this is like this is like a, a this, you know, we're this is HBO level shit over here. Not literally, but, you know, just kind of hamming it up there. Um, but, yeah, it, there's a lot of drama in it, and I'm really enjoying that element of it. I like the world building so far. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to play more. So far, it has, um, I wouldn't say won me over because, again, I'm very early. But um, people warned me about the slow start. I I feel good about everything happening, but yeah, because the cutscenes are very long. And how long are the cutscenes? The cutscenes are so long that my controller it's disconnected. Sounds like a stand-up comic bit. How long yes. are the cutscenes? Cut no, I'll tell you. No, but my controller legitimately disconnected while I was watching one of the cutscenes because that's how long they are. But they're really good, so I don't. That's not a complaint, but it's just kind of a PSA. Uh, yeah, I'll keep you all updated. I'll be playing it mostly every Saturday on stream uh, over on my channel Twitch.tv/GameOnesis. I'll be uploading the vods on YouTube. Um, minus like every now and then if I'm out and I can't stream that day, then you know I'll miss those days. But uh, yeah, I think I'm in for a long haul on this one. Should be fun. Hell yeah. Greg, what'd you pick Blessing. to play? Blessing, I was on the road, as you know, all last week up in Canada, the Great White North, and there were two things on my mind, two games that were on my mind. Number one, WWE 2K22, Cactus Jack dropped in the new DLC, so I knew I needed to get home to that. I was in a rush to get home to that. But the other thing I was aching for was an open-world RPG, action RPG. I wanted to go out there, I was feeling like maybe I wanted to pick up a sword and I wanted to bash some things. And so I can't. I, 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 I my two back up. 
No, 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 no. What I was thinking was, would I come back to? Well, no, because Horizon I thought about, but I'm like, the melee is not good. Like, I'm going to be doing the arrows and the traps and stuff, and I'm not, I don't want that. I want more visceral combat, right? And I was like, you know what I'll do is I'll come home and I'll pop on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I popped back into Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I was like, immediately went to a mission. I was like, all right, like, I forget, I don't like the way they present the story. This isn't what I want. I, I stopped and I went back to WWE or I went and took care of Ben. I forget what it was. And so last night it was, what am I going to play? What is the hot open world RPG everybody's playing where they go through and just fight monsters and do all these different things? And I was like, I know what it is. Kingdoms Elven. of Amalur no. Re-Reckoning. And so I turned back on. I shouldn't say back on because it's been years or whatever. Because if you remember, I loved Kingdoms of Amalur. I talked about it all the fucking time at IGN, but way, 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 way back in the day, right? An old Beyonds of it being my podcast game. And I would just sit there and level up and beat the shit out of it. And I had a great time. And then they made the re-release, but... At the time, when it finally dropped, there was too much going on. I played it for a little bit. I was like, all right, whatever. But I had to get back to whatever the fresh hotness was for review season. It's no longer review season. Or even this, is, this wasn't even the most recent review season. This was a couple of review seasons ago. But it's now backlog season, bless. Yes. And so I jumped into Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, a game I adored. And I was like, how will it play here? How will it feel here? I'm having so much fucking fun. Like, if you've never played Kingdoms of Amalur, first off, it was a PlayStation Plus game real recently. So you should have picked it up, Janet. But oh, I know I didn't, but let me look it up. The combat is so much fun, period. And then the visuals of it, while as you look here, if you're watching, clearly dated, for me, have this fable like feel to them where it's almost like it doesn't feel dated. It feels like a stylistic choice to a degree. And the music's great. I think the voice acting, while you know, it's hit or miss at times or whatever, is giving you this fantasy caricature world of it. The combat, as you're looking and what you're doing, it is, is rpg it is dated it honestly feels more like an mmo rpg to me where it is a lot of times of like all right cool go kill all these antelopes and then bring me their things and then i'll give you the next thing and you go do it and i think all of that would weigh it down maybe if the combat wasn't so fun like i am anxious just to go out and fight mobs and do things and i'm really paying attention to the story this time around and i mean this time around based on from when i tried to boot up this re uh, remaster back in the uh, you know whatever when it, i don't even remember two years ago when it came out uh anyways Right now, I'm having fun. I'm falling back in love with it, learning about the destinies, which, you know, you can switch on the fly to your play style. You can switch your weapon on the fly to your play style. There's a big old skill tree to go through. There's all this stuff to go in and really make the character your own. And I'm doing that right now, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. That's awesome. Do you think you're going to stick through it? I do. It's, it's like anything else where in our line of work, where I, like, last night I started it, uh, really had a lot, or maybe two nights ago, whatever, had a lot of fun with it played more of it, and then I went and did the PSN profile thing. I'm like, I'm just going to look at the Platinum. Like, what do I need to know? And it was, one of them was like, oh, you should play it on hard. And I already started on normal. And there was that moment of like, do I want to restart? Because I'm only like two hours in or whatever, but I'm like, let's be honest, the quarry's right around the corner. Summer yeah. Game Fest is right around the corner. There's a million things that are going to come along to distract me. So I decided to like, not even do the thing where I'm going to actually like, for a second, think about actually getting the Platinum. And I've said, I'm just going to play. And I'm just going to have a great time, and I'm going to keep going until that ends. But, you know, I started using my new, uh, what do you call them, chakras? Is that right? The, the circular weapons that you throw around. Do you remember these things? You ever heard of these guys? Like, first off, my character looks badass right now, which I'm just fucking stoked about in general. But then, yeah, I finally switched over. Uh, and so I've been using daggers, and now, yeah, now I've switched over, and I'm using uh, the chakras. Or, no, uh, shock rams. Shock rams. Oh, whatever. Shock, these, yeah. these two circular things that you throw. Say, chakras are like a, it's like, it's a, like you're... Your spirit. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. 
I'm having a great time. I, I, I loved it after switching off daggers and stuff. I'm, it, how long will I stick with it? I don't know. I stick with it the first time I played it in like whatever, 2012 for a long time, but it was just more background noise. Whereas this time I am, I feel like getting more of a cinematic experience out of it in terms of it being more of like a fantasy cartoon or whatever that I'm watching. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, you talked about... Redeemed it. <laughs> You didn't see? I don't think so. No, you gotta just all you had to do is click add to it's one button, Janet, (laughs) and it's once a month, Uh, first Tuesday. Uh, but you talking about how, like, oh, there's something they're like, there are games around the corner, right? Like, it's hard to commit to to finishing finishing something. I'm just gonna play that's the exact same way I'm treating Death Stranding because I picked that up uh last week and started playing it on my Steam Deck. Uh, and like, if people want to hear my deep, deeper thoughts on it, definitely go check out the Games Cast. I think I'm gonna talk about it as I play it more and probably. I imagine within maybe the next couple of weeks, unless I, I get derailed, which is very likely to happen, I'm probably going to see it through. Probably get to the, to the ending of it by next week or the week after, and then I'll talk about it more on the show. But I'm having I've been having a blast with Death Stranding in the same way. But I've also been like, oh shit, man, there's other games that are coming through that I'm going to distract you eventually. Yeah, yeah, distracted by like there's the quarry, but then also there's um uh, out last night actually I was playing apex followed by fortnite um with re and danny um because re and danny have been getting super into fortnite and it's dangerous because like i then <laughs> as we logged on to fortnite i then saw uh yami was also playing fortnite and i was like oh shit she's playing with her friends but that means that she might hop on hop on and then like afterwards after i finished fortnite with them i texted yami and i was like hey i saw you're on fortnite she's like yeah let's play and i was like hey my friend janet garcia also wants to play some fortnite we might have a, a squad here um and so there there might there might be a lot of fortnite in my future um but the other thing that's been uh, dist- that that uh is becoming starting to become i should say a big dis- big distraction for me is uh 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 roller champions from Ubisoft. Oh. That just dropped yesterday. That is the free-to-play roller skating game. Uh, I've been playing it since Monday, actually. I got invited to their preview slash review event for it. So I've had access to it, and I've been playing it quite a bit. And the more I've been playing it, the more I'm like, oh, I can see myself getting really addicted to it. Uh, for me, Roller Champions has been like a story of pros and cons. Uh, pros in the way that a few days ago, Janet Garcia on a show asked me, hey, is this game... Uh, the next knockout city and to which I was like I'm not going to answer that until we get to PSWXOXO because I want to talk about it for this segment to that question I have two answers yes in terms of game feel I think if you say yes and no I am going to be so mad then if you want me to give you the straight answer for now no (laughs) later maybe yes Um, so in terms of game feel and in terms of the actual like flow of the game, I've been having such a blast playing this game. I think it feels really good to play. The rollerblading reminds me of playing like a Jet Set Radio combined with uh, some of the arcadey feel of something like Knockout City in terms of a sports game. It has that. The rules are at first kind of complicated, but become very simple after your first game to understand. Basically, the way it works, right, is you have the circular rink that you're working your way around. Uh, if you work your way around uh, the checkpoints, I think it's counterclockwise. If you work your way around once, the goal then opens up. If you throw your ball in that goal, you get a point. If you go around twice, the goal changes from changes from one point to three points. If you get a goal, you get three points. If you go around three times, it then goes up to five points. You need five points to win a game, right? And so, like, it is this risk-reward um, uh, 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 type game where it is, like, cool, do you want to keep going or do you want to just bank these points now kind of thing? And it is you passing balls back and forth between you and your teammates, kind of like Knockout City in, in, in that regard. You having to communicate where the other teams are at. Again, it's 3v3, so you have two other people you're playing with. You have to communicate back and forth and go, all right, like, what's the plan here? Do you want to double back at the checkpoint and then play keep away? Do you want to just go for it? Um, it has a lot, a lot of that stuff at play. And uh, yesterday I was playing a lot with Mike and Andy. And 
I was having a blast, and it's actually a stark contrast to how to how I was enjoying it uh, day one of playing um, during the preview event. Because during the preview event, I was playing with two other press people, right? And like they're fun and they're doing doing they're doing a great job. But it was that thing of playing with strangers and not necessarily wanting to like be like, hey, pass the ball, hey, pass. Like you know, you know, you don't want to talk to people that way. Pass right? the fucking so, ball, you idiot. Pass the fucking ball. No, is is you know, you want to be polite. You want to just make sure you have everybody's having a great time, and you want to make sure everybody's like experiencing the game at their own pace and getting their own thing out of it. And so like, I was very much playing with them the way that I'll play with people I just met because they're people I just met, right? Whereas yesterday, as I was playing with Mike and Andy, immediately it was the thing of. All right, pass. All right, cool. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna uh, follow up. I'm right behind you. Cool, pass behind. Cool, pass forward. And having that team dynamic to it, oh man, it uplift, uplifted the experience so much. And so that's my that's one of my big things with the game is that it's a game that I really only want to play with other people I know. I can't imagine playing logging on and playing this game with randos. I feel like so much is lost by doing that. I tried doing that yesterday, and it was fine. Right, like. It, it was fun for the first match because my the randos were really good. But then the match afterwards, I matched with people that weren't as great and didn't pass as much and didn't have as good ball movement and it just wasn't as fun and i wished i had people that i could communicate with so that's first and foremost um the other thing uh with the game and this kind of go this kind of comes back around to the cons of it i think content wise it is lacking i wish there was more in terms of modes i wish there was more in terms of options it seems like the one mode that is available right now is 3v3 quick match and then 3v3 ranked uh there are three maps available right now they're just variations of like different aesthetics and i think like certain curvatures and bumps that are in the map i think might change a little bit too but for the most part it is the same exact mode that you're doing um and it is always 3v3, you're playing with other players. And after a while of doing that, like even after, what, probably maybe four hours total of me playing this game, I'm like, man, I'm starting to get tired of it. Like, uh, I think I look forward to playing it more with Mike and Andy and, P- and people that are that um, are going to be fun to play with. But I don't have that, oh man, I, I, I can see myself playing this for the long time feeling that I had with Knockout City or with Fall Guys uh, in other similar games. And I don't think that is... Uh, I don't think that's a permanent issue, right? I think that um, they're treating this game as an ongoing game and they have a roadmap. And I I have to imagine that they're going to be adding in a lot of new modes and new options as stuff goes. And maybe this is just a ground zero kind of thing, especially with it being free to play and trying to get its footing. But yeah, no, features wise and content wise, I do wish there was a lot more. And uh, that extends to cosmetics as well. I think the cosmetics are, it is that typical Ubisoft thing where the cosmetics are just whack. I feel like Ubisoft needs to get it together <laughs> with cosmetics. Because I had it with Riders Republic. I've had it with Rainbow Six Extraction, right? Where I'm like, I go into the cosmetics menu and one, everything's overpriced. But then also, I don't care about any of this shit. Like, yeah. it's like their methodology with cosmetics is make things more brighter and colorful. And I don't necessarily want that. I, I want shit to look cool. I want shit to show off to my friends. I want shit that references other shit, right? Like, you have these Ubisoft properties. Give me an Assassin's Creed cosmetic or give me a Far Cry cosmetic, right? Like, they don't really lean into any of that stuff, and I feel like it takes so much of the excitement out of even wanting to get cosmetics. And they they deal that stuff out in such a slow pace, even if you're earning it without money. Um, the first thing I earned was like hair, right? Like a white uh, white uh, faux hawk, essentially. And like that was after maybe what like four matches of playing, and I'm like, I don't even want this thing. I don't even like this thing. Uh, <laughs> and so the cosmetics have been a bummer for me. But you know, aside from that, I do think the game is really fun to play. It just has. Um, it just has content issues that I hope get ironed out over time. When do you think uh, the um, Splinter Cell uh, crossover happens? 
Oh man, I mean that has to be the first one, right? I feel yeah. like that's the automatic Ubisoft go to. So yeah. I'd imagine by month six, once they start getting to the crossovers, the, 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 next, Cell... uh, the next Ubisoft uh, event that they do, right? We'll, we'll see the, yeah. the three, and then we'll the go Ubisoft into forward. There you go. There you go. Champions, <laughs> and we'll see uh, Sam Fisher uh, rolling around throwing the ball. The real one everybody's looking for though is Lanky Dragoon. He's he's in the chat right now. Patreon.com. It's kind of funny games and says, "When does the Janet Garcia Roller Champion skin drop?" Yeah. Okay, yeah. so. I am so salty too that like I saw they had a I don't know if it was like press or influencer or like combo um like a package rolling around because like Ben got it through Minmax of like a you know promotional package that included a freaking helmet that says Roller Champions on it. Oh, I was like, no. oh, I want that so bad, but like I think through Minmax we just mostly do giveaways for that stuff for like extra life. So I'm like, I'm not even gonna ask because like I mean, for we charity, can pander, but we I... can pander to Ubisoft right now. Ubisoft, if you're watching. Janet Garcia and Blessing Adioye Jr. would like the helmet. Why do you yeah, want a helmet? Like, I, you don't roll, you're you're not just, a roller champion. Sounds cool. I don't know. I Blessing like just stuff. falls often. So he's like, I really just need that extra security. You know, when I'm freaking dropping my big gulps left and right, I want the extra layer of projection. Um, but yeah, this is like what an interesting time because when I first previewed this for IGN back in E3 2019, which I think was the first time they like showed the game off to press. Like I hadn't wasn't even skating at the time, so now I'm like, oh, it's like a whole different uh, connection I have here. But yeah, I don't. I'm gonna check this game out on Friday for my stream. Maybe I'll try to like link up with some people on my Discord for it. But yeah, I don't know. Again, I'm not the biggest uh, multiplayer free to play person anyway. But one thing I did, I did like the sort of. Um, funnily enough, it ends up doing what FIFA does with their uh, no rules kind of or like house rules section where they do have one. That matches just like that. Yeah, there's like a match that just like this kind of description or this gameplay shtick where they have, uh, it's kind of like King of the Hill. It might even be called King of the Hill where the more time you spend in a certain box that auto generates on the pitch, the higher your goal count will be. Um, And the one Mm. fun thing I do like about that in both FIFA and in Roller Champions, because I pulled my preview to remember, like, what did I think of this freaking game when I played it like a million years ago? is that you can easily come back or lose based on that fluctuation of scoring. And I think that aspect is really fun. I had a game last night where me and my two, it was with randoms, right? Me and my two randoms were dominating. We had gotten them down to 4-0 and we only needed one more goal to win. And the people we were playing against just had a great run where they got the ball. Yep. Took it around three times. It was plus five on the goal, scored it, and they took the match. And I was just sitting there like, well, I was flabbergasted. I was like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. But it is it, it is nice knowing that it, it's nice having the feeling of it's never over, right? Like yeah. you can always come back. And I think for a PvP game, that's an important thing to have. I think, too, one thing I and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I played this a long time ago, so I don't know what's changed, but you, they still have, like tackling in there, yes. right? Yeah, uh, one thing I like to. I like that aspect because I really and I only played a little for a couple of minutes. You know, it's so hard too those preview events where it's like, hey, none of us have ever played this game before, and now get ready to play for capture, and everyone's gonna see you play this game. <laughs> and you're gonna look terrible in every one of the comments. You're yeah. like, you are awful oh, at the game. Drew, yeah, and I'm like, well, like I don't know any of these people, and I don't know this game, so I'm just sitting here with strangers that like some of which I respect. That I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're gonna see me be so bad at this freaking roller skate game. Um, but I like that. Like I was not very good at shooting um, for actually getting the goals, but I'm, so I. I just personally when i played i focused a lot more on the tackling and kind of the defensive so i do like that they kind of allow for different roles to appear or that you can kind of create your own like kind of niche for yourself in terms of how you approach yeah it. That, 
and yeah, I like that too. It reminds me of Rocket League because Rocket League doesn't have defined roles that you play, but naturally people are like, "I'm going to take goal. You play midfield. You you go for goal, right?" And like people kind of organize themselves that way. Real Champions does have a similar thing, yeah. Where it is, I, when I was playing during the preview event, there was one of us that was like, "Hey, I suck at aim. I'm just going to tackle people, and you can yep. do that, right? Like you can have your team, you can hold the ball, and your teammates can run." That was uh, secretly me. No, it wasn't me. Yeah, and <laughs> I was the like, person I ain't that, doing shit. <laughs> let me tell you, I didn't miss a shot. I was. This honest this person doesn't know what the fuck she's doing i was a sniper assassin in royal champions that's like oh, yeah. my specialty i, I can it. aim like nobody's nobody's business but I miss, I miss all my tackles and so i'm like yo just give the ball to me let me shoot you know i'm a shooter let me mm-hmm. shoot you know you you run tackles Janet, let's play sure i'm gonna play on friday at like three to seven if you're available i'll play a different time as well but i just like i'm streaming it already uh so it, it would be on stream but like we can also do it outside of stream and you we still need to play Fortnite those, together. Like, um, we want to do those dual streams you want to do for uh, uh yeah. road champions followed by Fortnite. Ooh, i could Greg, maybe. friday let's, off let's uh <laughs> well no hold on a second you're getting too crazy with it because me and kevin are playing Fortnite on the kind of funny stream so come that do that time? with us. Oh, then we yeah. pass the baton to Janet. Janet, you come play with us too. You play for you, Blessing and Janet come play Fortnite with me day? and Kevin. Then we then Janet, you you start streaming on your end. We we raid you, and then you go do whatever the hell you guys do. What are the times for this? Eleven to two is a usual kind of funny stream. Okay. So you look at all that, I'm and I'll remind there, everybody that this has been PS. We'll I love you, XOXO. Saying, yeah. Oh, go for it, Greg. We'll figure out on the post show. Yeah, I was gonna say you got time. <laughs> P.S. I love you, XOXO. Each and every week, we come to you to nerd about all things PlayStation. If you like that, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games to support us, to write in, to be part of the show, to be watching live, just like Omega Buster was, like uh, Lanky Dragoon was, like cooper was of course thank you for your support on patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get it for free you or get it ad free uh you can get it with the post show we're about to do and you can get it for xcast and all the other shows too if you have no bucks toss away youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe each and every week remember use the epic game store code kind of funny whenever you're making a purchase there to help us out and get us a few bucks remember to follow janet on the millions of things she does whether it's min max whether it's pen to pixels whether it's one of the many writing gigs she has yeah janet's everywhere also blessing congratulations on becoming the up up down down champion in kfw Thank you. yeah yeah, yeah. I, had to, I had to go i i missed it live so i ended up having to go to the bar sure janet congratulations for beating the shit out of rebecca valentine from my gm I, I gotta re-watch that because people were tweeting <laughs> about it <laughs> ladies and gentlemen like, we got oh a post God. show to do but until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you